The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by SGPN Fantasy. Dominate your draft with the free SGPN Draft Kit. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft kit. And the free roll uh, football contest is back and better than ever. $5,000 is up for grabs in our NFL contest and $1,500 in our brand new college football contest. Sign up exclusively in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. And welcome into the Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host for the evening, Justin Bruni. Joining me is Andrew and Cody. How are we doing, gentlemen? Hey, fantastic. Cody's on mute. <laughs> Cody's still on mute. Sorry, it's my first time. <laughs> it's Friday night and the feeling is right. Good start. Right. Let's go. no, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back. Glad to, glad to be back with you guys. Finish this up. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we're back to do part two of our AFC uh, narratives and questions in fantasy football. Uh, last segment, we finished the AFC East and the West, and now we're going north and south. Very excited to get into it. Hopefully, you guys have had a good week. Uh, we're just going to dive right in because, man, it took us a long time just to go through two divisions uh, last, uh, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday. So we're going to dive right in here. We're going to the AFC North. We got the Steelers up first. Guys, what quarterback is going to start the most games for the Steelers this year? Who is going to be in the action the most uh, of that group? Trubisky, Rudolph, Pickett. What are we thinking? Uh, Go uh, ahead, Andy. Yes, yes I'll, I'll just jump in here. I really, um, I was asked this question before by, by Buddy, and I told him that I really believe that it's depending on what their uh, record is. You know, if they're going in here and they start out the year, I don't know, let's say five and two with Trubisky, right? I, I think that buys him a, a really long leash as far as how long they'll let him in there. So, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the polar opposite. If they start off two and five, I, I really think that they're going to yank him and just see what they have in picket, right? I mean, what's the what's the harm in, in doing that? You know, they've obviously seen Trubisky with the Bears. No offense, Justin, but he wasn't, you know, fantastic. He he had a year that he was pretty good and, and he's serviceable, but he's probably not the long-term answer there. Pickett probably is. So, honestly, for me, it's just all it's all about the record. You know, if they're, if they're doing well, they'll leave him in there. If not, you know, I think it's Pickett's show. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I'm going to say I think it's Mitch Trubisky, at least to start, like you said. I, I don't see – he was a good quarterback with the Bears. I, I know you're a Bears fan, Justin. I don't know how you feel about him, but he, he was pretty good and, and performed well. The team wasn't that great. The coach, not so good. Now you're in, like, the perfect situation. Tomlin is one of the best, if not the best coach in the league. He's good every year. They have a solid record. You bring in the veteran. You let him start for the year. You let Pickett sit behind him the old school way. That's how the Steelers do things. He's going to sit behind him for a year, learn. Trubisky's going to have a good year. They might be able to trade him or something in the offseason. Then it's Pickett's team next year. So fantasy-wise, I'm all in on Mitch Trubisky, and I think where you can get him so late because you don't know who's going to be the quarterback. If you need a quarterback late, he's a good guy to grab. Maybe not so much in a one-quarterback league, but – if you're in a super flex or something to have as that as that backup for you uh, later on in the drafts, but I love Mitch Trubisky and, and I think that that we're going to see a lot from him in a good season. I think they're going to let Pickett sit. So dynasty wise, Pickett's a good pickup because 
he's obviously the future in Pittsburgh, but but I think for now it's Trubisky time. I don't know. I'm thinking that uh, I'm thinking that Pickett can take over some maybe some way midway through the season. I like where Andrew was at with the two and five. I'm looking at the <laughs> the schedule here. We're starting with the Bengals coin toss. I, th- I think we'll say coin toss for now. Patriots. That's not a favorable matchup for Mitch. Uh, the Browns week three. The Jets week four. That's a favorable matchup. And then the Bills week five. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's a reality they can go one and four to start. One and four. I mean. Sh- I think Mitch would get pulled at that point. I feel like he's going to have a very short leash. Uh, he had a short leash with Nick Foles behind him. You know, the, that's who the Bears thought, you know, could make him compete, right? So, you know, Kenny Pickett, young quarterback coming in here, I think he's going to have a good opportunity. And from that point on, you know, you do have the Buccaneers. Maybe that's kind of like the like the good changing point if the record is bad. Um, and after that, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Saints, the Bengals, and the Colts, maybe a little bit more friendly uh, matchups there. Uh, you know, first the – past the first quarter of the season. I don't know. I, I feel like Pickett's going to take over. I've seen what Mitch can do. Um, I was talking to Andrew before the show started to mention he's a Commanders fan. I saw Mitch play live against the the Commanders. Actually, the last football uh, game that they played as the Redskins on Monday Night Football. It was amazing. Bears whooped them. It was great. Mitch was fantastic. <laughs> Three touchdowns in the first half, and then he was nowhere to be seen in the second half. So he is definitely a hot and cold type of player. If he starts off cold, like I'm kind of predicting, Pickett's going to be that guy for them because, again, they have like three pretty competent quarterbacks that we've seen through training camp, at least. I mean, yeah, none of us are high on Mason Rudolph, but he competed in camp. He showed up. He, he played well in the games and he played well uh, in practices. So, like, what else can you ask out of a guy, right? So they've got a good problem to have over there uh, in their quarterback room. But I think Mitch is going to be on a short lease. He's not someone that I'm interested in uh, in redraft formats. All right, moving on. Uh, looking at Najee Harris. When you're looking at ADP, probably the back end of the first round, and you're looking at Najee Harris on the board, would you rather have Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, or Saquon Barkley? We'll start with Andrew. It's Barkley. Um, it's not even close for me, to be honest with you. Two things uh, you know about Mixon. One, I don't think that he is going to play a lot on third down. He only played 17% of the third down snaps last year. I don't think mm-hmm. that's really going to change. For some reason, they like Samaje Pirine, um, and I actually like Chris Evans a lot. You know, there's, it, it's a little bit of a mystery to me. I mean, they, the, if they didn't learn anything from the Super Bowl, it's that they should have had Mixon on that last play out there. I mean, it, to me, it's just crazy. So I, exactly. I do like Mixon over Najee. Um, again, Najee, uh, it's a volume play. But with the Liz Frank injury or whatever, they it's not an injury, but he has a little bit of a concern with it. That scares me away right there. A Liz Frank injury is nothing to joke around with. So I want nothing to do with with Najee, to be honest with you, unless he really falls. Um, you know, and again, for, for Mixon, it's, I, I don't think that he's going to play every role. Barkley, on the other hand, he's going to play until he can't anymore. I mean, they're, they're going to run him into the ground. He's been a little uh, injured, so he he's had plenty of rust. He's going to play every single down. There's nobody of note behind him. So for me, it, it's Barkley, and it's it's you know purely because of all the volume. He has all the work, and I mean, even though I think the Giants are going to just stink, I I still think that he gets all the work, and he just has the the highest upside for me, and and that's the shot I'd rather take there. All right, what do you think? Craig? I'm actually going to go with Najee. I really like Najee this year. I think he could be potentially one of the best running back fantasy players there is on the board. So I do like the other two guys as well. I'm not necessarily staying away from any of them, but given the choice, it's Najee for me. I mean, we saw how much they ran him last year, how much they relied on him. Again, like you just said, not really anybody of no mind him. I would say that's still pretty much the case there in Pittsburgh. 
He's going to be the main guy. He's going to get the touchdown opportunities when they're down on the goal line and close. Uh, I mean, again, that old school football style, they want to run the ball. No matter which quarterback is playing, they're probably not going to be blowing teams out. It's going to be closer games. They're going to want to run the clock a lot and feed Najee the ball. Um, but I think both quarterbacks are good enough with the weapons they have at receiver to open it up and not necessarily – I mean, that's that'd be my concern in New York. They're going to be bad. Uh, for wide receivers, I mean, shout-out to my guy, Wondell Robinson from Nebraska, but uh, they don't have a ton of big options there, whereas Pittsburgh can spread the ball out a little. That's going to open up more lanes for Najee and give him more, more opportunities. So I'm going to take Najee probably – and then it, for me, it's really a toss-up between the other two. I could go either way. Um, Saquon's hurt me a few times in the past, so that that definitely factors in a little. Obviously, I think that's why he's down in ADP because obviously he's shown us before he can be really good. It was right. it was a, a small sample size, but uh, but so I'd probably go Najee and then Mixon, and then Saquon will be my third guy. So I have Najee up front as well, and then I have Barkley and then Mixon. Barkley and Mixon are pretty close. They're between 9 and 11. So I have Barkley at 9, and I have Mixon. I'll actually have Mixon at oh, – I do have him at 11 for a second. I thought he was at 10. So, yeah, I have Barkley at 9, Mixon at 11, and then um, Najee at 5. I feel like Najee does have that outside shot still to kind of get that that high level, that high volume uh, that you see from guys like CMC or Jonathan Taylor – you know, just because he is going to be the identity of that offense. I haven't really heard anything that serious about the Liz Frank issue. It's a Liz Frank bruise is, is what I'm hearing. And there haven't been any significant red flags. So until that happens, I guess I'm just going to leave him stay put. I have him ranked as running back five coming off my board. Uh, the only guys I have ahead of him are Cook, Eckler, McCaffrey, and Taylor. Um, so, yeah, I'm still incredibly high on him. I would be very disappointed if he had some type of injury like this, like just before we're about to take off that would, you know, deteriorate his value or keep him off the field. So hopefully everything straightens out there quickly. But yeah, until I see any like, um, you know, incredulous red flags, I'm, I'm going to hold strong with them. I really like Mixon, but man, Andrew, I'm right there with you, man. Like I was on the Bengals train all the way through the playoffs. I took them to win every single game. I wouldn't stop. Went into the Super Bowl. I was so angry at the finish of that game. Just like, let your best players play. Like, hey, I, the stat that you brought up, like, you know what? That type of approach probably kept Joe Mixon more healthy last year. He had a great season, right? Like he was on the field a lot. He was healthy. He didn't miss time, right? So maybe that played into the regular season, but we got one play to make. We got one play to make. Chris Evans, come on now. Samaji P. Ryan, come on now. Third and one, come on. Killing me. Killing me. And, and Saquon, I just feel like at times there are going to be moments where they are conservative with him. I do believe you, Andrew, like there's going to be some high weeks for him. But at the same time, because of the injury history, if the game script isn't there, you know, if they're playing from behind, like, I, I, you know, I still don't really trust their defense a whole lot. You know, I feel like he could get scripted out of the game at, at some certain point. So I'm so high on him, higher than maybe I think a lot of people actually. I still have him at running back 11. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there could be some low, low weeks, you know, based on game script or just, you know, the team and the coaching staff being conservative with his health. All right, before we continue with the Steelers, we're going to do a quick uh, word from the sponsors. We'll be right back after this. Uh, thinking of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet and their reduced juice in baseball games. It makes them the best place to bet the MLB. Uh, plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day, uh, 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Wynn has also just released their first quarterback with five touchdown prop bet. 
There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. Uh, what is Odds Trader? It's a place to compare all the odds from major sports books. You can also compare different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deals. This app provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader is the number one site for all your game day bets. And the free roll football contests are here. College football contest, $1,500 up for grabs. NFL contest, $5,000 and a two-night stay at the Win Las Vegas up for grabs. Sign up exclusively in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Hashtag live reads. Let's go. <laughs> also go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Check out the fantasy tab. We've got cheat sheets. We've got projections for you guys. We've got IDP info, auction info, target guides. We've got everything you guys need. Uh, you can go catch uh, 24 hours of uh, best ball with Andrew, Rob, and Ryan Cr- uh, Kramer. They hit it absolutely hard. If you've uh, seen every best ball draft, I guarantee there's still one left over from those guys. So go check out all of our, our content. Uh, we're going to get back into it here. We are talking the AFC North and the Steelers. Uh, but again, before we do, we're going to hit a word from the chat here. We've got Cody Canyon in the chat asking about some home league draft questions. <clears throat> we're going to walk him through a couple of these. Shout, shout out to Cody, to... by the way. First of all, amazing first name. I absolutely love it. Second of all, I'm <laughs> also in like 28 best ball and all kinds of crazy weird leagues with this guy. So uh, we've never met, but uh, we're DGens together. So shout out but, to you. But you have a, a deep valued relationship. Exactly. A common history. <laughs> All right, so Cody Canyon's asking Hurts, Brady, or Mills uh, in his home league. I'm, I'm assuming this is redraft. Looks, um, yeah, it looks like it's a super flex. I think that's what he has. Is is, is these guys? Are these key? Are these keepers, Cody? Let us know. Did he ask I mean, a question previously? I think. Well, he said uh, he's self conscious about his home league. Let me let us know how he thinks. He, how we think he fares. So it's a twelve team super flex PPR. So I think uh, this, this is, is who. He, this is so this is who he has. Oh, uh, okay. That's a good group. Her, quarterback group's good, right? Yeah, Hurts, yeah. man. Hurts could be the number one uh, quarterback. He's he's the first guy I'm really targeting off the board in most drafts is is Hurts because he's my favorite. He's got the rushing upside. Uh, I think that Eagles team is going to be explosive this year. I, Tom Brady. Challenge. Throwing the flag. <laughs> Throwing the flag. Oh, oh man. God. Wow. You're killing me. I don't know. Hurts number one cross. conversations have got to <laughs> slow down. I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> Uh, like the rushing quarterback love, like I love a rushing quarterback, right? But like not everybody is just going to become Lamar Jackson. It just kind of drives me crazy sometimes. Like everyone <laughs> thinks like Trey Lance is going to rush for over a thousand yards. He's got potential to be the top five because he can run like God bless. Like I, I love Sean, but he was saying Justin Fields is going to be quarterback seven and I'm a Bears fan and I'm like, oh, my, hey, I'm high on Fields. Too. I mean, maybe not, maybe not seven, but yeah, uh, I have him at five. <laughs> oh, shit. There you at go. Five <laughs> redraft. <laughs> Justin yep. Fields, like, oh my god, the rushing wow. quarterback love. Dude, you're is a Bears so, fan. So you should strong. be happy about this. <laughs> oh no, believe me, I'm I'm like gleaming ear to ear. I said the same thing to Sean. I'm just like, I love it, but man, running 
I'm not saying it's overrated, but man, I love passing <laughs> touchdowns. Like when I look at this group here, like Brady's the guy that's going to be around 40 total touchdowns. Like Hurts, I feel like his ceiling is 30, and that's with probably eight rushing touchdowns included. Yeah, well, like, he said Hurts quarterback one, pin it, post it. So it's over. <laughs> hey, I, hey, go get him, Cody. Go get him. Hey, I, I don't hate drafting him, but just like when I hear all that, just like, man, like the rushing QB love is so, so strong. It's like the force. Dude, all right, looking at his running back his, room too. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I do like this actually. Pearson Hunt. Yep, looks like Javante's he probably waited after Javante team. too. Like the, the ADP here, you know, is definitely yeah. more like back end oriented. So it kind of likes like a hero RB approach, which I don't mind. Yeah, he can plug and play the, the RB2 all year yeah. long. Yeah, and I mean, later on in the season, guys like Walker could end up becoming the starter, taking mm -hmm. over that role. Herbert, I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions on that Chicago backfield. He, he mm -hmm. could have a, a solid role too, so – and Javante, I think uh, he could I mean, have a regular role even with Montgomery yeah. playing well and being efficient. Agreed, like, yeah. I feel like they could be a very good tandem because yeah, they're just missing like that next playmaker after Mon Monty, Komet, and Mooney. Yep, um, agreed. Looking at his, I'm assuming this is Jerry Judy. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. What an assumption. His, his first <laughs> round pick, obviously. <laughs> or well, maybe Mooney. Maybe, place, maybe he's a Bears fan. Uh, Alave, <laughs> Nico. I mean, I like yeah, it's, it's solid. JJ, obviously, I, I think he's going to be the best wide receiver this year. I have him as my number one. Um, Olave's got potential. I wrote a, a rookie of the year article. I wrote him up as my rookie of the year pick. Um, so I like that. Collins, he was solid last year um, with the rookie being out um, with his cancer and everything going on. He's definitely going to have a pronounced role in that Texans offense. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then for tight ends, he had uh, Schultz and Irv Smith. I love, I love Schultz five this guy. year. Yeah. Deep, I'm, I'm deep shot Nerf Smith. Too, I like so. it. I like yep. it. Cool. All right, let's get back to the Steelers here. Uh, any concerns about Deontay Johnson's uh, recent injury? Are you guys making any adjustments in your rankings? It doesn't seem like it's a big deal here, but uh, it's kind of a, you know like the first domino to really fall out of uh, Pittsburgh, at least the, the one of highest concern here. Uh, any worry, guys? I'm not, I'm not really worried about it too much. Uh, Actually worked out well for me in the uh, SGPN fantasy auction league we had. Mm. He got hurt that afternoon slash evening uh, mm. in the in the game, and then I got him for like four bucks in that league. I think you helped me on that, Andrew, because you you wrote uh, in the chat. Yeah, I did. Done for the <laughs> season or something, or he just broke yeah. his foot or something. Yeah, broke his foot. I was like, and I actually stopped for a second. I'm like, shit, what? <laughs> I didn't see that, but. Uh, but uh, awesome. no, I, I like him. I mean, he, I think he's going to be the number one option there. Um, obviously, Pickens, I think, is going to have a big role. I'm kind of out on Claypool this year, but uh, Johnson's going to be the number one guy. The injury doesn't seem to concern me. Everything I've read seems like he avoided a, a big injury scare and should be okay and ready to go. If yeah, I wouldn't say – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, are you guys worried, like, if he doesn't play week one, like, if you hear he's going to be out, like, two weeks, like – what type of adjustment you you would make? I, yeah, I'm not. I, I say I'm not really too worried about it to be to be honest with you. But the the reason no. I'm not worried about it is I already have Deontay Johnson buried on my rankings. I don't really want anything to do with him. Um, I oh, would okay. much rather take Claypool or Pickens later. Um, okay. I, I just I, I don't think that Deontay is going to have the same role he did last year, right? I mean, he was Big Ben's go-to guy. That was mm -hmm. his role. 
I like Claypool uh, in the slot better than I like Johnson in the slot. He had some drops last year. Not that that scares me away from it, but I, w- right. I would much rather take just the shot on one of the other guys later. I mean, I probably have less than 3% exposure on him in best ball, and, and I feel really good about that. I just I just do not like Deontay this year. I'm like super high on him, but that's all good. Yeah. That's, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, just like wickedly high on him. I got him a like wide receiver 11, like no big deal. Uh, oh he just goodness. comes off as like a, a quarterback proof type of player. Like, you know, yeah. seeing him last year, like, yeah, he was Ben's go to guy, but that was because Ben couldn't get it to anybody else. Like, literally, like, you know, he could not get the ball down the field. So, you know, having like that, cl- that lower A dot, right? Like being able to play, you know, inside the first 10 yards, I think is favorable to, Poor quarterback play potentially out of Midge, growing quarterback play out of a picket or a Rudolph. So I don't know. Well, and imagine what he what he did with a quarterback that couldn't really throw the ball anymore. I mean, Roethlisberger yeah. was great in his day, but the last couple of years he was noticeably not as good. And he was able to perform well there. Now imagine if he can get the ball further down the field and he can still do those shorter things, like you said, if the quarterbacks need help. So yeah, I'm I'm really huge on him. And I wouldn't be concerned if he's out first couple weeks might be a great opportunity to try and get him either later in drafts this weekend if he starts falling Mm -hmm. or you know he's on somebody else's bench they lose week one they don't have him and and they are they start panicking and you can get him for cheap i I would go for it he just went he just went 55 in a best wall draft i I did uh with the sgp guys uh, earlier today there's just guys around him i prefer to have jerry judy mclaurin mooney brandon cooks juju bateman like I, i would prefer every single one of them over him so you just feel different, Justin? No, I have a McLaurin and a, uh, not some not not JJ Jerry Judy and Mooney. I don't have them that high, but I do have McLaurin pretty close to Deontay. Where do I have him at? Yeah, and I don't think. I mean, I would take Johnson over a lot of those guys. Yeah. So me and uh, Dave Heilman wise, are the maybe not like Juju because Juju's got such upside in that Chiefs offense. I think, but but redraft wise. I'd rather have Johnson over. I think all those guys you named. Hmm. Yeah, I have I have McLaurin at sixteen, so he's like five spots off of Deontay. And me and Heilman are the the guys that are the highest on him at SGPN of who are ranking between like me, him, Adam Stickler, McBrayer, and uh, Emerson. Um, so we're the highest at, at McLaurin at sixteen. As far as Deontay goes, his spread is from seven to nineteen. So it's yeah, I have and I have him at eleven, so kind of like in the middle of that range. Hmm. Man, I need to draft with you guys. <laughs> hey, what, we, we need to draft with you. We're getting the pieces that you want. You're getting the pieces that you want. It's a beautiful thing. It's a good. Right. It's a good deal. It works nice. out for everybody. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, let's move on to uh, Pratt Firemuth progression or regression for Pat Fryermuth this year kind of talking again about you know may, maybe being a friendly target to a growing quarterback or poor quarterback play whether it's Mitch Pickett where you guys stand with Fryermuth for this year progression uh for everything right. we just talked about with Deontay I think that Fryermuth's going to be the guy across the middle you know I prefer Claypool in that slot position but I, mm-hmm. I really think Fryermuth can can take off this year I'm not drafting it that way only because again the quarterback situation scares me the offensive line is is not good so I'm wondering if they're going to make him block a little bit more this year as well um so I don't know there, there's certain things that that definitely make me 
stop and pause on him. But I mean, the guys that are that are going around him, Irv Smith, Gasicki, other the guys, like I'd rather take the shot on Fryermuth just because I I don't believe in Deontay Johnson. Um, I don't love Claypool. I do like Pickens a whole lot, but I, again, I, I'm low on Najee, so I think organically it just pushes Fryermuth up the up the uh, pecking order for me there. I man, I like a lot of pieces on the Steelers offense. Fryermuth's another one. I mean, if the quarter play is a little spotty. We've seen how many times these tight ends are just a safety blanket. It's a big guy mm-hmm. right there, a short pass. You can make it quick. That's a lot of PPR value. Um, we've seen Friar Muth. I mean, in his first year, the Steelers know how to draft pass catchers, for one. You, you can just pretty much count on anybody they draft to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stash Calvin Austin now in your in your dynasty league, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I like him. I, I think we saw a lot of potential last year. And I think he can keep climbing up the ranks. And for where you're getting him later on, all those guys you mentioned that are going around him, I would take him head and shoulders above them. I do like Irv Smith this year, but not as much as Firemuth. Everyone is very worried about the the touchdown regression, right? He's gonna he's gonna have less touchdowns, but I don't see any of these other tight ends, Zach Gentry or Connor Hayward, taking him off the field. No. Like they don't have a deep group. Maybe they go out and get somebody because it's you know it's pretty thin after Pat Fryermuth. Like if you were to sustain an injury, I gotta imagine they go to the market. Maybe give Jared Cook a call. I don't know. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't mind him for his ADP. He's not someone that you have to prioritize to get on your roster as your your first tight end. So you're drafting him as a bench tight end, and I think he's a good option. You know, I, I don't want to jump to him before the tenth round and say like a you know eighteen round twelve team super flex league. I, I wouldn't do something like that. I would definitely want to be in a situation where he falls in my lap where he's, you know, tight end 13 or 14 taken. I've seen him go as early as like tight end nine. And that's a little too rich for me. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. All right. We're going to hit a quick word from our sponsors and then we are coming back with the Ravens. Be right back after this. All right. For all you sports bettors out there, I want to tell you about the best new way to increase your bankroll. It's called promoguide.us. At promoguide.us, you get the biggest bonuses from all the best sports books in the country. We're talking $1,000 risk-free deposits, insane odd boost, and most importantly, the best analytics in the business, plus tons of uh, free picks as well. Promoguide.us is your guide to the uh, betting smart. Once again, that's promoguide.us. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a league on Sleeper. I use it for my 8 trillion leagues I have. That's that's where I met our buddy Cody at. Um, it's a game-changing product unlike, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. Over-unders integrated into fantasy, the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can also do so on the Fantasy League matchup screen, i.e. Patrick Mahomes is your starting fantasy quarterback. Not only do you think you're going to win your fantasy matchup this week, but you're also confident he's going to pass for 250 yards. Easy, right? Over 250. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. Uh, Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. You can join our listener group at sleeper.com slash SGP and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. That's promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details and run your pool. 
Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. Hop in now to reserve your spot. $500 cash and a $250 gift certificate to the SGPN store to the winner. Sign up today over at play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. For those of you that don't have any merch, I have a ton of merch. I bought way too much. I think I've spent more than I've actually uh, made here. And uh, the merch is, is fantastic. So the the gift card is actually something that that even more or less benefits uh, yeah benefits me than the five hundred dollars cash. I think Cody Cody might be. I got, I got mugs, my beautiful but... uh, NASCAR gambling podcast mug. If you can see it, the lights reflecting off like of my F one gambling podcast mug. Check check out yeah. my other shows on the network. That's right. And get the gear. <laughs> I want to get the the third leg shorts. Ask me about my third leg. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I need those. <laughs> There's so I, I, much I, stuff in that sh- in that store. Oh it's yeah, crazy. <laughs> I think you worked in a headband uh, when I was watching the other night. Ryan complimented your headband and said we might have to get some SGPN uh, headbands in there. I, yeah, I, yeah, I would right. wear that. That's right. We got to get you guys to the uh, to the expo next my, year because we're gonna yeah, be we're gonna be geared up and decked out <laughs> for the uh, for the fantasy football game or whatever oh, you yeah. want to call it. Kind oh of, yeah. Kind of a weird format they got over there, but it's all good. <laughs> We're gonna have matching nice. uniforms now. Headbands for sure. Oh yeah, we're cooking. We're cooking up some good stuff for sure. All Let's right, we're back. We're talking AFC fantasy questions. We're moving on to the Ravens at ADP. Who are you grabbing? Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, or Dak Prescott? We'll kick it to Andrew first. It's Lamar. Uh, plain and simple, he's the guy out of those three that I think can finish as quarterback one. Uh, you know, I think he's in FU mode as well. He wants his money, uh, especially if they don't give it to him this year. He, he's going to be all over the place. He's going to be running the ball like a madman. He's not afraid to, to get hurt. He beefed up in the offseason, which I love as well for him, especially with how much he does run. You know, Kyler, uh, as Kramer would say, runs like a gymnast. He worries me. I mean, dude can't even get off of the computer for a little bit to read the playbook. I mean, it, it, that's that's just ridiculous, right? It's like K- Kyler just doesn't do it for me. I do like Kyler better than Dak because, you know, I hate the Cowboys. So that's just <laughs> that plays into that. But uh, I, I mean, Dak, too, you know, they, they lost Cooper. They have Lamb and they have Schultz. They have a decent run game. Like I like Pollard a lot, but I, I actually think the Cowboys and this is a little biased, but not fully is I, I think the Cowboys finished third in the division as well. So I don't think they're going to be very good. So I don't want Dak. Uh, like I said, I, I do like Kyler's schedule uh, more than mm-hmm. I like Lamar's schedule. But again, like Lamar, uh, the, that team just knows how to win. And I think that Lamar is really going to hone in on on the pass catchers this year. Uh, you know, be, besides running, he has Bateman. He has Andrews. Like, they are both very solid. So, uh, you know, for me, it's Lamar due to the fact of I think he's the only one that can be QB1. Yeah, it's not even close for me. Lamar all day long. I mean... I know I said earlier that I think Hertz can be the, no, the number one quarterback, but I think Lamar will be the number one quarterback. His upside is so huge. Um, he missed a couple of games last year, had some issues, so we didn't see a full season from him. But think back to his MVP season a couple of years ago where he was just a madman and crazy good. Like you said, the contract thing, he's already said he's not going to negotiate during the season. Well, the season starts in six days. So if a deal doesn't get done really quick, He's going to have some something to prove. He's going to bet on himself. 
and he's going to show everyone that what he can do is rushing upsides amazing. I mean, there's question marks in the backfield, so that's going to probably they're going to probably rely on him more to run it. Um, he's got good receiving options. I like Kyler as well, um, not nearly as much as Lamar, but I, I would settle for Kyler. For Kyler, I think we've seen that offense can be explosive. He run does run like a gymnast, but uh, but he's still very productive. The whole Call of Duty thing or whatever it is, where when the new map <laughs> out, his production goes down is very concerning. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe somebody will be watching that, but uh, but and to, uh, for for Dak Prescott. Like you said, down on the Cowboys this year, um, and I'm not even an NFC East fan. Uh, I do think the Eagles kind of run away with that division, but but their offensive line is hurt. Uh, it's definitely not like it was a few years ago. They've got a good running game, so they might lean on those guys more. Lots of questions at receiver. Can Lamb be a number one guy? We haven't seen it from him yet. Besides Lamb and Schultz, I'm, I, I am high on Schultz. I think he's going to get a lot of stuff because there's no other options. Who's the second wide receiver there? Who's the third wide receiver there? There's a bunch of guys that could be, but we don't know what any of them are going to give us. So Lamar, by a long shot, um, I, I would actually take him as the number one quarterback even. Um, wow. And then Kyler and then Dak later on. <clears throat> yeah, I would be taking Lamar here. Uh, Lamar is the rushing quarterback that I want at his ADP. I just feel like, you know, he's a guy that you can trust on the ground because the offense is completely built around him. Whereas with the Eagles, like they've obviously added A.J. Brown. They still like a lot of the pieces that they have there. They're, they're more equipped at the receiver position, obviously better tight end. Uh, Andrews over Goddard. But at the same time, like Jackson's just going to be the priority here. Everything's going to run through him when they're running the triple option. Um, I mentioned on another show of ours that, you know, it doesn't matter who's at running back. They're just going to run all over you no matter what. Watch Kenyon Drake grab two easy touchdowns in week one or same thing for Mike Davis, whatever, right? Like it's going to be Play him in DFS. It's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be sickening. But in DFS, you're going to want to stack him with Lamar because I also think that this offense is not going to be as bad uh, passing as people are predicting. I feel like Lamar has developed his passing skills in the past couple of seasons. And even as a rookie, they were just so, so conservative with him. They just refused to let him pass. Like he would get like, you know, 10 to 12 of it. Uh, 10 to 12 attempts a game it was absolutely crazy but he would run you know everywhere we're not going back to those days by any means I do still think he's going to be able to push the ball down the field and there are going to be some defenses that definitely get caught with their pants down you know on some crazy you know Baltimore plays we saw Hollywood Brown come out as a rookie and just had you know a, a handful of splash plays you know his first uh, couple of weeks in the league so they're going to have some special stuff built up between Kyler and Dak and how they're falling in order here, I would definitely go Dak over Kyler. I think that the the passing volume for Dallas is just going to be so high. Whereas with Arizona, you know, they, they still produced a top five running back last year in James Conner. I feel like they still could lean into the ground a little bit more. And while the receiver situation is bad, I feel like Dak has hit a level now where you can just trust him to get the ball down the field. Like, I feel like, you know, CeeDee Lamb's going to have a good season. Maybe it's not like, you know, top 10 wide receiver, but I think that he has that potential. And to me, it's just about, about his availability. Like, I think he checks all the boxes for a wide receiver one, and it's definitely going to help Dak move the chains. But I don't think that they have an established running game. I don't like Zeke, you know. I, I'm not, you know, pro high volume for Pollard. I think he could get a lot of touches as a receiving back, but I, I don't think that he's just going to be like, all right, yeah, I'm the RB1 now. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to smash this ADP, whatever. Um, and then you look at Kyler again, I feel like they, they run a little bit more. They use a little bit more James Conner, a little bit more Darrell Williams. 
maybe when we get Hopkins back, you have a little bit of a higher ceiling at that point. Starting out the season, I think we got definitely got to like Dak a little bit more, but definitely prioritizing Lamar to the top of that list. Yeah, and just a quick note too on Lamar's passing. For whatever reason, people, oh, he can't pass the ball, whatever. I was working on some stuff. WinBet has that first quarterback to five touchdowns prop mm-hmm. out there. I was looking back at 2019 at his MVP season. He had three different games where he threw five touchdowns. So if he's performing like that this year, on top of all the rushing you're going to get from him, I mean, they open up the season against the Jets week one. That team is a total trash was, dumpster fire. I was just about to say, I wonder if one of those games he did put up the five. It was, was against, against the, the Jets. Jets. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> so what are yeah, those he's, odds 50, he's 50 to one. Uh, yeah, so 50 to one. Not too spoiler alert, yeah. I have an article coming out soon that's got that in there. But uh, get on it now before it goes shekels down. Right? <laughs> Couple shekels on it. All right, what do you guys think about J.K. Dobbins at his current ADP? Feels like he's falling right now in value. Are you still uh, placing any priority on drafting him? Uh, yeah, I'll take him. I, I love J.K. Dobbins. I think that, you know, maybe the first two weeks or so, it's a little bit of a slower start. Like you said, they picked up Kenyon Drake. We could see him rely on that. We could see him go with Jackson, but like we just talked about, it's basically a triple op- a triple option offense. Like they are going to run the ball a lot. While Jackson can throw for five touchdowns, they're still going to run the ball a lot. They're going to rely on Dobbins. He's going to get dump offs out of the backfield. He's going to get plenty of carries. He is the number one guy. They picked up Drake. I think that was more just because Gus Edwards is probably not going to be around much. Mm-hmm. Mike Davis is like. 75 years old so you're probably not going to get much out of him so i think drake you know might fill in a little more in the first two weeks but i think for the season long uh dobbins is fine i love him and if he keeps slipping the farther he gets down there the better it is for me i'm not necessarily going to reach to grab him but if he's hanging around i'll definitely and i need a running back i'll definitely take him what do you think andrew i mean cody said it 100% you know exactly how I would have to be honest like I I don't think that there's a scenario where I'm not drafting him outside of a full-blown injury like last year I I don't really care that he's not going to be there the first couple weeks potentially Um, Mm -hmm. the Kenyon Drake thing is interesting because I know they like Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake's actually a pretty good running back especially in in, you know in the passing downs so it, it is slightly concerning that it lowered his ceiling in my opinion uh but i'm not going to steer clear of him to be honest I, I already have him in a bunch of regular redraft leagues i've done i have him in a ton of best ball leagues he's one of my highest exposed running backs so i i just think that the ravens if they're going to f- truly compete for the afc it's going to be play great defense and run the shit out of the ball you know with lamar with jk with kenya drake all of them so i yeah, I'm not staying away. I'll, I'll just keep drafting him. And, and, you know, like Cody said, if he keeps following, that's even better. What do you guys think the highest round is you would take him in a single quarterback? Like, would you spend a fifth round pick on him right now? As my first running back or a second? No, just any any situation. Like, you've gotten to the fifth round and you've only drafted one one running back. Yes. All right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. If, especially if I got, like, CMC or somebody like that, that's going to be my mm-hmm. – my bell cow, big guy. I'd be very comfortable taking Dobbins. I'm not in on it. I don't know. I just feel like any any one of these guys can be great. And I all and those this great is another situation. Said and you're out. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I, I got to play devil's advocate. I guess I don't know. Uh, like like I said, like I feel like any one of these guys can be great because they just play for the Baltimore Ravens and they're a running back. Like this, it's a more about benefiting from the system and similar to Saquon Barkley. Given the the status of Dobbins' health and the uncertainty already for Week One, 
even when they do bring him back, I have to feel like there is going to be some conservative usage and you're not going to necessarily get like a booming season, right? I'm not saying not to draft any of these guys, but I am saying it's a very convoluted situation. And I, I hate to use this term, but you know, Lamar Jackson's the best running back narrative is probably going to be pretty alive this year because very good odds. He leads the team in rushing yards this season. That makes that makes that makes you the running back one on the team out of necessity. You know, if they need you to run that much to provide that type of volume, you're the running back one, buddy. I'm sorry, but you're also the QB one. Hmm. I, I just don't think that that in those scenarios that they're going to want Jackson to run over Dobbins. I mean, because which one would you rather get season ending injury? You know, uh, of course, it's going to be Dobbins over Lamar. I mean, well, you know, I mean, obviously, they don't want that to happen to either. If they don't want Lamar to have a season-ending injury, they probably shouldn't let him run it 150 times. Then. Well, <laughs> you know, you're 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 I in mean, line for some risk exposure there. Yeah, some of that's organic, though. Obviously, you know, he he sees the hole and, and runs. But I, right. I also, you know, like the factor for Dobbins that you know Ian Rappaport came out and said that it doesn't look like he's ready. You know, people are doubting him. He already came out and said that that kind of lit a fire under his ass too. So I think he's just going to be running with electric feet and and you know just not looking back at anybody. He's just I, I honestly think he's in line for twelve plus touchdowns this year on the ground. So uh, you know I love taking that in the fifth round. Hey, if, if he can fall to me and uh, say six end of the six, maybe somewhere in the seventh because of this situation, I, I would be in. Uh, but I feel like what you're going to get at that ADP is going to be a little bit better. Oh, I think we lost Cody. He didn't even say bye. I mean, unreal. <laughs> having some technical issues. I'm sure he'll be back in here. All right, we're going to go over to the wide receivers. Andrew, what wide receiver specifically, can't include Mark Andrews, is going to lead this team in targets? Is it Rashad Bateman? It's Rashad Bateman. I mean, the, I like the other guys, honestly. Like, I like Devin Duvernay. Um, mm -hmm. James Prochet is interesting to me. You know, obviously, we were talking about uh, Demarcus Robinson. You know, he, he mm -hmm. could be pretty good for them as well. He was good for the Chiefs. Uh, so, it's, it, you know, it is it is Bateman. But I can see somebody else growing into somebody that you could potentially start in a flex spot at some point. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to take a couple of weeks to figure out who that exactly is. But, um, you know, if I had to pick one right now, it's Duvernay or, or Prochet. Those are the guys I'm, I'm leaning towards. Cody, who's going to be the next uh, uh, best receiver for the Ravens after Rashad Bateman, as far as targets wise? Is Mark, is Mark Andrews an option? He is not. He is <laughs> oh, not. okay. Because he, well, he'd be better than Bateman, but he uh, would be better than, uh, but he'd be up, up at the top of the list. He'd be cooking that list. Yeah. Uh, man. I don't know. I'm not really in on anybody else in their receiving game. It's Andrews for me, number one, and then Bateman. And then, again, like we talked about with some of these running back situations where, you know, with the Chiefs, you got three, four, or five different guys it could be. Same thing here with the Ravens. I just – I don't have enough faith in any of these guys. Um, and I know we just talked <laughs> about the amount of passing that Lamar can do and will do. Mm -hmm. But I think so much of that is going to go to Andrews and Bateman – I don't think anybody else in that offense is really going to be fantasy viable. Yeah, just a juggling act behind those two guys for sure until, you know, the details roll out once we start getting a better eye on things. I like the upside for Prochet and for Duvernay because they've been in the system. They're familiar with Lamar. I also just like an outside shot at Demarcus Robinson because of his experience, more reliable blocker. I, I feel like um, been playing with uh, Patrick Mahomes, so in more of like a vertical offense, I feel like his route running skills are going to be able to really open up things down the field, and he might develop into someone who's a reliable piece. Um, somebody I'm not adverse to taking a shot uh, at the end of the draft, but realistically, all of those guys will be available in the last round of any of your draft formats, whether it's Duvernay, Prochet, or uh, Robinson. So take your most applicable uh, risk. 
sleeper I, pick here real quick is, and I think that they might move him from tight end, is Isaiah Likely. Uh, he's been balling pick. out for them. You know, honestly, mm-hmm. I, I it, it wouldn't even surprise me if, uh, you know, a few weeks in, they realize he's the best guy behind Bateman and Andrews and just move mm-hmm. him into wide receiver. I mean, he he fits the wide receiver profile, to be honest, a little bit more in my eyes than he does in the tight end. So, I mean, unless Andrews goes down, I don't think that he's going to fill in a tight end. So they might as well just throw him in at wide receiver and see what he can do. Yeah, I wouldn't I love it, it at all. And and they could use two tight ends. That's a lot. We know how much they love to run the ball. Mm-hmm. You, you have two tight ends in there, then you can split them out and catch plenty of passes that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, as a sleeper pick, late, I, I'd really like that. Absolutely, I agree. All right, moving over to the Bengals. Uh, is Joe Burrow a top five quarterback this year, boys? Top five? No. Nope. No. Okay. no. Let's hear it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, so obviously, you know, he's already a little injured. Um, that That's not super alarming, um, but a, a little bit. You know, Chase Young did mess him up two years ago. I, I watched that game, and that was a, it's nice to see. Um, I, I'm just – I didn't really like Joe Burrow coming in, um, it, you know, into the NFL, to be honest, and it's just – he's – Obviously, he went to Super Bowl last year, so he's not a shitty quarterback. He's a good quarterback. And here's the thing. You know, we all think Higgins is going to be fantastic this year. Everyone loves Jamar Chase. You know, we think they're both going to be probably top 12 wide receivers, right? I I just – I can't figure out the case where that happens. And Burrow isn't top five, but I can't predict that he is top five because I don't think that Higgins gets there. I do think he's going to favor Jamar Chase a lot more than people think. I obviously don't think Higgins is a bad wide receiver by any means. Him and uh, Chase actually have very comparable stats when you look at it season long, you know. So it's 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 one of those scenarios where I, I just think that Burrow and Chase are going to be way more electric than Burrow and Higgins. So I think Higgins falls mm-hmm. off. I, you know, I I they got rid of uh, of the tight end, so now they have a new tight end there. Like I I don't know. To, to me, Burrow will probably You're upset finish. about CJ Ozama being gone. Like, I, honestly, I mean, he was pretty solid towards <laughs> the end. That's some of the year. love in itself for CJ Ozama. I, I mean, again, like that's a fantastic name too, Ozama. I mean, I can't get over that. That's awesome. Uh, gone. But, yeah, he's, he's I, gone. I honestly thought he was. Uh, <laughs> he was a little underrated as a tight end. I, I thought so. I don't know. I, I think Burrow probably finishes at nine, ten, somewhere in there. I just can't see him being a top five guy there's there's way more guys i prefer than than burrow plus he doesn't move in the pocket he's, he's a statue back there too he's not going to run because last time he ran he got you know out for the season so i don't know yeah i i agree i definitely don't think top five i mean they had an amazing season last year this great offense made the super bowl and he was the seventh quarterback so that was with lamar missing games i was with kyler missing games both of those guys especially lamar has a chance you know to be over him Russell Wilson was out for some games. He could be in that area as well. Um, so, I mean, Super Bowl hangover is real. How many times have we seen these teams that lose in the Super Bowl struggle the next season? Um, they they're maybe getting a little bit too cocky. They think their shit doesn't stink. They you know they had this great offense. They made it almost there, and, and then they're in a tough division. I mean, Baltimore is good. I think the Steelers are underrated. They've got good defenses in the, in that division. Uh, the Browns, you know, are the Browns, but but they could be decent. They've got some pieces if they can figure out the quarterback stuff and all of that. We, we uh, lose oh, you guys still got me? Oh, yep, there you go. You there? <laughs> all right. Freeze my camera so I can go pick up the challenge flag and throw it again. Joe Burrow, top five, dead or alive. Oh. Come on, guys. Come on. I, I agree with a lot of the points you guys mentioned, like Cody, like with the division, 
it's going to be super competitive and they may have a Super Bowl hangover at, while at the same time, Joe Burrow can have a very successful season in fantasy, right? Like he could have very good numbers, but the team rec- team's record could be bad. Like I definitely don't feel like they're close to as close to a 10 and six as people might think they are. Oh, we lost them now. <laughs> if you can hear us sign off and sign back in, unplug <laughs> it and plug it back in. He plugged it back in already. So smart. So smart. There he is. Unplug it. Plug it oh, back there in. you go. Unplug it. Plug it back. Yeah. Is that what you said? Okay. Ooh. Exactly. I don't know what's going yeah, on. So with back to Burrow tonight. and the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the game narratives are going to be very positive for them because I don't think that they're a world beater on defense. And I feel like a lot of their games are going to be very competitive. Joe Burrow and the offense, they will give him a lot of passing volume. We've seen games where he's thrown 50 and 60 times, right? So in those moments, he's going to get those opportunities to pass the ball a lot. And I, I love the situation this year because I don't think they're an amazing team. I, I do believe that they could have a Super Bowl hangover, and it's going to produce a lot of positive game script in a tough division where they're playing in a lot of close games, and they're just going to have to constantly be chucking the ball down the field. My only deterrent to this is if Joe Mixon has an RB1 level season again, which I'm not going back to the well. I have Joe Mixon just outside the top 10. I told you guys earlier, I'm not going back to that well. I feel like if he does get hurt, I might be on the hook for that high-end ADP that I'm paying for, right? So someone that I'm a little bit less high on than the public, but if he were to get hurt, oh my goodness, like who's going to run the ball? They would just be passing like every other down. It'd be crazy, right? So I love Burrow's potential. As a rookie, he was on pace for 4,300 passing yards. Last year, I believe he went for about uh, 44, 4,500. I honestly feel like this team has the potential for him to pass upwards of 5,000 yards. Call me nuts, but I feel like the opportunity is there. I don't think that they're just going to go out and clobber knock teams and be able to just run the ball into the ground. I feel like they're going to have to pass a lot. Fair enough. It's a good argument. I'm still <laughs> out on it, but yeah, I say yes. So I'll, I'll let you take them. Hairs split. Yeah, we got to get into a league together. I'll get my players. You'll get your players. Again, yeah, it's be, a beautiful thing. Everyone goes home happy. <laughs> All right. Chase and Higgins at ADP. Which way are we going? Are you going the high-end Ferrari, or are you going with the reliable Civic? Oh, man. Which is it? As a guy who owned a 2010 Honda Civic Si, I'm still going with the Ferrari. I mean, I <laughs> I love Civic. You know, they're they're very reliable and all that, but the Ferrari, man, that that's going to win you the race. Uh, I mean, it, Chase is just the guy. I just think that the connection that him and Burrow have is electric. I mean, we, we've seen it now in the NFL. We've seen it in college. I mean, it's just – it's amazing, right? So – for, for me, as a guy that values friendship a lot, I, I really think that that is, is going to hold a thing. I mean, it, there's no mm-hmm. narrative. You know, we can't say Bible, or, or but we can say shower narrative, right? You know, those two just are, are you know, and, and don't, don't take that weirdly or anything. But, you know, I, I do think that they hold the bond way better than, than him and Higgins will. So t- crunch time, he's going to go to Chase. You know, I just think that Chase just has the higher upside. So I, I – their ADP isn't that much difference to me to value Higgins much more. If Higgins was going in maybe round five or six, then I might feel differently. But I mean, he's mm-hmm. going what, like beginning of round three, end of round two somewhere. Like yeah. I would much rather just take Chase at six, seven, five, somewhere in there and, and you know, just take the the higher upside, in my opinion. Yeah, you think, Cody, you nailed it. I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, if you miss out on Chase and depending on how things fall, if Higgins is there, I won't necessarily <laughs> avoid him, but mm-hmm. but Chase, I mean, the connection between those guys going back to college, you, you just can't mistake it. Chase is a beast, one of the best wide receivers in the league already, um, and, and so I, I'm going to take the Ferrari as well. Yeah, give me the Ferrari. I have a uh, Honda CRV. I absolutely love it, but I'll take a Ferrari. I mean, 
I love reliability, but you got to at some points you have to draft for the upside, right? And then if you're going to do it, why not be the first round, especially in a single quarterback league? End of the first round, I think that that's a great landing spot for um, for Chase Higgins. Yeah, if you can get him in the fourth, that would be awesome, but it's it's not likely. You know, he's getting drafted in like the same ballpark as like Mike Evans right now, right? So like, and that's not to me uh, very comparable. I would still lean towards Evans there. I like Higgins upside, um, but. You know, is he going to repeat the same level of production last year with a potential increase in efficiency for Jamar Chase? Right. Like everyone expects Jamar Chase to regress on touchdowns, but I think he's going to have a much higher volume receiving. Like I think he only had around like eight was it 80 to 85 catches last year. Something something like that should easily clear over 100 this year. I feel like he, he should easily go up about, you know, t- uh, 10, 20 percent in catch totals. You may see a little bit of a decline in, in touchdowns, but I don't know. You know, you take away. That favorite target in the red zone, CJ Ozama. Magical things can happen for Chase, right? <laughs> That's the key. Ozama's gone, and uh, Chase Chase stock through the roof. But hey, I hear they're they're shopping around for OJ Howard. So look out. Uh, <laughs> Ozama was good. No, hey, I That's, like Ozama. Uh, Ozama's like a guy it. like um, he's a guy like uh, who are we talking about from the Patriots? Kendrick Bourne. You always attack his props like, oh, two and a half catches. That's mine. I'll take that. Minus yep. 110. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yep. Like he was absolutely always a guy I would take a low number on or a touchdown prop. I like Uzama. I just I, I don't think he's going to be that well missed. That's that's all. <laughs> all right. L- wrapping up the AFC North, we've got the Browns. Are we drafting Jacoby Brissett or Watson? Either or stacking them one over the other. Any interest? Nope. Uh, Wat- Watson's not going to be back until. Week twelve is it after or week thirteen? It's gonna I be think, a big week twelve though. Uh, yeah, it's against the Texans. That's uh, amazing how, how all that stuff works out, right? You get Wilson against the Seahawks. You got yeah. Baker against the Browns. But no, I mean, I I just I don't know. I I did get him a couple weeks ago in like the twentieth round, the very last round. I felt like I had a good team. I felt like I had a a solid bench. Just grabbed him in case I end up with a good team. And he can be that spark at the end, but he also hasn't played football in two years. He didn't play Full all time. of last season. So is he going to be rusty? He's got all this. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Imagine, I mean, that, that game, I think it's in Houston. Imagine the crowd, everything he's going to hear leading up to those games. <laughs> and in those games, I mean, the, the chance he's going to hear, they're going to have to have the TV muted the whole time because they're not going to be able yeah. to have that stuff on there. So WWE I just WWE style. Yeah, I mean, you're getting so late into the season before you get him, and then Brissett. I mean, he'll he'll be okay, I'm sure, but I, I don't. I'm not interested. He, he's one of those guys that you know he's a good enough quarterback that he can hold down the fort for the real guy, but I, I'm not interested in him fantasy wise. I've taken him in best ball. I wanted to have some exposure just in case. I mean, and, and all this in was best ball. Yeah, best ball is different too because yeah, yeah. If, if your team gets you to those later rounds, he can be that guy that makes the difference at the end for well sure. you could you could draft Brissett and watson at like the last handful of picks in a best ball draft you know because no one's drafting Brissett. you could draft both of them and just completely fade quarterback or maybe draft one hero quarterback and then go with those guys i don't recommend it but yeah no i i've drafted him in two redraft leagues I, both of them are super flex and i drafted him like almost the the last round i'll hold him mm-hmm. until i need to get rid of him you know, on the, on the bench. I don't mind doing that, but I mean, he's not somebody I'm going to target. What's I mean, either one of them, to be honest with you, I'm definitely not drafting Brissett. I just think, you know, full fade. I, I don't want any of him. And I also don't really want Watson, but if he falls in my lap at a certain spot, I'll take him as my second quarterback. But I mean, best ball, 
you know, I think it's definitely fine there. It's worth taking a shot. I do think he's probably going to be more shitty than people think. So, you know, even when he comes back, I mean, he hasn't played football in like how long? I mean, right. well, he played got, in the preseason. He got some. Uh, yeah. He got some of that preseason action. Like well, he, said, he, he made like that one highlight play, you know, <laughs> yeah. where the guy dove and he completely like washed out on him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the guy literally like dove out of the NFL trying to make that tackle. Uh, I mean, yeah. that may be incorrect. He may still be <laughs> rostered somewhere, but it felt like that was what was going to happen. Like, well, that guy's cut. Like, let's get him <laughs> off the field. There's a dead body right there. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he just hasn't played football. Uh, you know. D- Barring, you know, or barring what you think about Watson, you know, off the field, he is a good quarterback. So I do think there holds a little bit of value there. But mm. honestly, you know, it, if I was to give anybody advice on that, it would just be just stay away. Don't even worry about the headache. It's it's really not worth it. you know, unless you're in best ball and God knows what all those massages did to his body as well. So, <laughs> yeah. And not then sure. he's just, I mean, he's, he's sitting on your bench, just staring at you for weeks and you start losing a couple of weeks and, Man, I really I could use that extra waiver spot, but but now he's only gonna be he's gonna be back in eight weeks. So do I want to drop it? Like you're gonna struggle right. with that. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna sweeten the deal. Your league allows you to put a suspended player on IR. Then oh yeah. Stash him. Are you yeah. stashing yeah. him? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Easily. All right, right on. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, That's not even, there's not even a question there. <laughs> you should your <laughs> league should not allow that, but if it does. <laughs> Oh, believe me, there's some leagues I wish it does yeah. and some leagues I wish it doesn't. So that's that's typically how it goes because, mm-hmm. you know, having Calvin Ridley taking up a roster spot in yep. Dynasty sucks. Yep. Right? Yes. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yep. You know what else? I own Calvin Ridley. I traded Chris Godwin in a first for Calvin Ridley, and then oh. he got pulled. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Shout out to Calvin Awful. Ridley, fellow DJ. Shout out. Yeah. Calvin. Free, uh, free Ridley. Yes. Free the D-Gen. Absolutely. Unreal. Sick league, eleven games. Where did you come up with that number? Where did you? Oh, the tw- the twelfth game. That's where you figured it out. Yeah, Stupid, yeah, yeah. Weird league. <laughs> I am not drafting any Brissett. I'm not drafting any Watson. I, I have no interest. So I did pick up in Dynasty in the offseason. I you know just grabbed Jacoby Brissett. Obviously, everything going on. Fifth round pick. Worth it to give him up in Dynasty for, uh... for Brissett. I, uh, I gave I, mean, I got a fifth round pick back for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. If you're getting yeah. anything out of him, really, I did the same thing. I picked yeah. him up, and I'm I'm waiting just for the Watson owner to be like, ah, I really need a quarterback in the superflex league. But yeah. so in a superflex yeah. league that I'm in, I'm offered him first, of course, to the Watson owner. I wanted a third. He said no. I was like, all right, moving on. Went to the next guy. He's got no starting second uh, quarterback, and he's got like a bunch. They're just terrible. I'm like, hey, you know, you, you want to give me you want to give me a third. No. All right. Fine. F you. All right. So everyone else in the league, he's available for a fourth or a fifth. Five minutes later, the guy's like, he's not worth that. That's crazy. Another five minutes goes by. I got him sold for a fifth. It was awesome. It was great. <laughs> I was really excited about that. But I was just like, man, should I have held on to him? Maybe he does some stuff, but Maybe. I don't think he does. Like <laughs> I even said the guy's like, oh, he's not worth that. I was like, I know he's not. That's why I want him off my team. Like, what do you, <laughs> of course, I, I don't like him. You know, there's nothing to like there. You know what yeah, I mean? But to say he's you, like not have any value, I think is a bit shallow. I think you turn trash into treasure with that, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I would much rather have that fifth round pick. We get we gotta get you like a game show tune for the trash or, or trash or treasure. Ah, see, yeah, that's a that's a good one. I, huh? I would like it. I'd I'd, I'd like it. Oh, I love trash or treasure. Oh, that was that was awesome. Man, I need one of the long mics, you know. What I'm talking about the one like Bob Barker had back in the day. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, I, I always think of the uh, the Seinfeld episode where they do the God. What's I can't remember the name of the TV shows. <laughs> We're talking scandals and animals. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, moving over to the AFC South. We're looking at the Colts. Are you guys drafting Matt Ryan in any format other than best ball? Can't just pick the best weeks. You gotta you gotta take a stand, Matt Ryan or not? Yes. Uh, there are some redraft leagues, you know, and this is something that I, I know we're, uh, it's going to get a little off topic here, but you know, know your league, right? Um, you know, I tell everyone that if you know people in your league, make sure when you're going in, you know, all right, this person I know is going to draft three quarterbacks. So this person is going to do like, know your draft. So I have a couple of drafts where I know quarterbacks are going to go early and they're going to go mm-hmm. often for whatever reason. So with that, like, yeah, if I have Pittman or Alec Pierce or Hines, one of those guys, and I want to stack. I actually like taking Matt Ryan. You know, they they play in a dome. They have a good offense. Pittman's, you know, trajected uh, to, to be much better than he was last year. You know, potential wide receiver, you know, top six, seven, you know, is, is potential there for him. So I like Matt Ryan. I also like Mo Alec Cox a whole lot. So for me, Ryan is a guy that has underrated weapons that can overperform. And I will definitely take a shot as my second quarterback, you know, later in the draft. What do you got, Cody? Are you even there? <laughs> What's going on with the internet out there, Cody? I hey man, I don't know. Uh it's almost as bad as my Husker football team. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. you got a weird thing for some strange tight ends, Andrew. <laughs> Moali Cox. Uh, hey, thanks. thanks. Yeah, I like Molly Cox. Molly Cox, but, another uh, you know, yeah. prop friendly type of player, you know, yeah. laying, you know, yeah. 300 to one for first touchdown, you know, yeah. like it's, exactly. Like, hey. Those are those are the best kind, but uh, no, I, I'm I'm in on Matt Ryan. I, I love him. I think that this Colts team has the potential to be explosive on offense. And uh, Michael Pittman, absolutely love him. I think he's going to be one of the best wide receivers this year. I'm taking him everywhere I can get him. Um, and in order to support that, Ryan's going to be throwing to him. Matt Ryan's still a good quarterback. He's getting older, yes, but he's still got a few years left in him. He, he had a decent season last year with some solid weapons, even with a bad offensive line and everything. I think he's in a better situation now. I'm not sold that the Colts are necessarily a great team at this point, but I think that Matt Ryan can be very productive and he's going to get plenty of passing work. So, yeah, later on in drafts, um, you know, especially Superflex, if you end up going to one quarterback route early and then stocking up on some other players, you need to grab him as your later guy. I think he's he's perfectly fine. I'm okay. I'm okay for taking him late, but not someone that I'm going to prioritize. If he lands on my roster as my third quarterback, I'm I'm okay with it, but not someone that I'm comfortable, you know, rolling out week one with just kind of some of the uncertainties. One, me just not being that high on him. Like I'm not too high. I'm not too low. I kind of have him and Carson Wentz just kind of like in the same area, oh, like nudging the top twenty, you know, quarterbacks. <laughs> Well, you, I mean, you have the same guys. You know, you have Wentz in there last year. You have Matt Ryan coming in now. You saw the Wentz numbers fantasy-wise, really not that bad. Certainly not very Carson Wentz-like, I'll even say. 27-7 and seven, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Like, that doesn't sound like Carson Wentz. It sounds kind of like an older Matt Ryan, right? So if I'm getting that similar type of production from Matt Ryan, I don't hate it, but I don't think he's going to throw less than 10 interceptions. I think that he's still very mistake-oriented. Um, and where where we're going to see some benefits from the run game protecting him, I also feel like there's going to be those shortcomings from him. So, yeah, he's okay. Good enough to get on my roster, 
third quarterback um, grabbed, but not someone I'm ready to start uh, and fire up in my my second flex spot uh, for a quarterback. It's just not there. All right. Looking at the top of the board, CMC or Jonathan Taylor? I feel like we're all Jonathan Taylor fans here. Or not fans, but the direction we're going. Andrew, no? Nope. CMC? Depends on format. Uh, if it's PPR, okay. it's it's CMC. If it's standard or half PPR, I, I think actually I, I might prefer Taylor. Um, you know, again, it's, it, it's just a case of obviously CMC is going to catch more passes than Taylor. I mean, I think that that's, you know, a foregone conclusion to be honest. And I, I really think that CMC has a much higher floor or oh, I'm sorry, a much higher ceiling, but much lower floor than Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, I mm-hmm. actually had this conversation with somebody who asked me this. They, they were number one uh, picking their draft. They said, who do I take Jonathan Taylor or CMC? It was between those two that, that he wanted, you know, and, and again, I, I went off based off format, but I told him like, Really, to me, it's it's how do you want to play this? You know, is CMC's definitely more injury prone, you know. So if you want to take the high risk, high reward, you know, go CMC. If you want to play the, the the floor play and just feel safe with the guy that you're taking, because you know, obviously the, the 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 saying is you can't win your draft in round one, but you can sure as hell lose it. So like yep. if you're taking CMC and he gets injured week two, three, four, I mean you 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 probably blew it at that point. So again, you know, it's, it's really format dependent for me, or if you want to take high risk, high reward, or if you just want to have the safer play, I mean, the, the, they're kind of polar opposite, but the same kind of guy. It's, it's a weird dynamic between the two of them. So really it's, it's format for me. That's for me personally, it's just format. I I don't really care about the injury risk. in, In PPR, you're going CMC half point standard Taylor. Yep. All right. Sounds good. What do you think, Cody? Well, if you're not playing PPR, you should be because that's the best way to play. But it's CMC for me all day, every day. Like you said, his ceiling is so high. I'm here to win. So I'm all in with CMC. If he plays a full season or most of the season, uh, we've seen what he can do. He's the most explosive player in the league. Yes, he's been hurt. Um, I don't know that his injuries are necessarily something that is that easily re-injured necessarily. So I, I, I'm not going to play the, well, he could get hurt because anybody could get hurt at any point. So mm-hmm. we've seen him. They've talked about how they're going to use him. They're not going to be a super great team, I don't think. So they're going to be constantly going, and he's going to be part of that. In the game, in the pass game, he's going to be a safety blanket. You got Baker Mayfield there. Baker is a great player. Not a great player, but a good quarterback. Uh, but he's going to be looking for that safety blanket for that check down guy. And when you got Christian McCaffrey right there, I'd throw it to him every time too, because you just throw it two yards and let him do the rest of the work for you. Yeah. I'm still going with Jonathan Taylor. Just feel like there's a safer rushing floor there. Even if he regresses to say, I don't know, 15, 1600 yards, you're still banking on McCaffrey. Absolutely. Getting like a thousand receiving yards and somewhere between 800 to a thousand receiving yards to potentially or rushing yards, excuse me, to potentially keep up with with Taylor. And I like Taylor's upside more to just finish inside the red zone. I mean, it's really splitting hairs. We've seen CMC play really well close to the goal line and down low. Like Just bringing in Dante Foreman uh, kind of feels like to me like they're going to maybe pull him away from some of those more opportunities that expose him to risk, like you know coming down the middle on third and short and stuff like that. Foreman looked pretty good last year uh, with, with, the, with the Titans filling in. So I feel like he could have a, a role there. And again, another one of these uh, situations similar to, uh, to like Barkley, where I feel like, you know, when things are not great, you know, when they're down by 24, 
they don't need to have uh, CMC in the game. So you could see some early departures from him if they're out of it early on. Um, with Taylor, I just feel like he has a safe floor. The team is whole, completely built around him. The whole offense is built around him. Not to say it's really not the case for CMC um, with the with the Panthers, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm being a little more risk adverse with going with Taylor. But it's one one. It's one two. You're, we're splitting hairs, right? So that's why we're having the conversation. Always interesting when someone says like, "Hey, who do I have to take one on one?" Like, I mean, it's kind of like a like it's like a you thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want anyone else to tell me to take one on one. You know, like it's the one on one. Like, if we're having a conversation about like. You know, the 407, like, you know, that's a weird space where some odd stuff can happen in your draft, right? <laughs> but 101, like, that's me. Like, I want to own that, you know? Like, yep. get out of here. All right. Uh, Pittman, Higgins, or Mike Williams in the ADP game? Which way are we going here, guys? Talked about Higgins a little bit. Talking about Pittman now. Mentioned Mike Williams before. What do we think? It's Pittman for me. I Man, I am in love with Pittman this year. I think he's going to have a great year. We saw flashes towards the end of the year last year of what he can mm -hmm. be. He's a big possession receiver. Now Williams is that too. And I think that he can have boom games. And we talked about that uh, in the last first part of this where we, right. we covered the chargers. Um, and for best ball, I think I would take Williams because I think his boom games are going to be more, but we talked about how he's not always as reliable. And I think Pittman is going to get his catches each and every game he's the number one for ryan ryan's going to be looking to him mm -hmm. in uh los angeles herbert's got uh keenan allen on the other side there so there's going to be games where they're just shutting williams down he's going to stop looking at him we're in indianapolis i think that uh that it's going to be Pittman all the time who is the other guy higgins yeah T. Higgins. yeah and, and i mean we talked about him i think he's going to be fine but uh but the other two guys are are head and shoulders above him in my opinion it is Pittman for me as well uh due to the fact of he is the number one on his team Higgins and Williams are not in my opinion without an mm -hmm. injury Higgins and Williams I don't think can reach the potential that Pittman can so you know for those facts and, and everything Cody just said you know I I do think the Colts are obviously the most run heavy team out of, out of those guys so I it, that concerns me just a little bit that if they're ahead in a bunch of games they're not going to have to sling the rock around so you know that that might lower his ceiling a little bit but I would much rather just take the upside of Pittman over the other two with you know the, the fact of he doesn't have to have mm -hmm. an injury to perform well you know the other two kind of do to really reach their their biggest potential so uh you know for me it's Pittman. i i have higgins the highest i actually have him at wide receiver 10 i don't get to draft him a lot at that space because you know i would like him to fall down the board he's like someone i'd like to get a value it just never happens and typically i just don't have the draft position to kind of reel him in uh, but he's the guy that i'm still highest on i just you know mentioned all the joe burrow love right so why wouldn't i be super high on both the receivers sticking to that same narrative uh higgins is just going to be in an offense that i feel like is going to constantly be not necessarily playing from behind, but being very competitive games. And him and Chase are going to be on the field a lot. Uh, so I like Higgins the most out of this group. Again, just lower on Matt Ryan, kind of similar to the talk about not prioritizing him in the draft or having him as my QB2, whatever. Just not someone that really excites me uh, with, with any receiver that he's playing. I, we're going to talk Alec Pierce or P Paris Campbell here. I like the idea of those guys, but, you know, maybe in the long term. I don't, I don't know so much about like this season with, with Matt Ryan. And then Mike Williams, I have actually ahead of Pittman. I have him at 19, Pittman at 22. So that's just how kind of low I am on, on the Colts passing offense. I uh, just want me some Jonathan Taylor, and that's uh, that's about it. Um, and you Mike forgot Williams, uh, CJ Ozuma has gone from Cincinnati too. So 
can make a big, big difference for Higgins. Higgins. <laughs> That's a big dig. Sorry, Andrew, the I Higgins, couldn't help uh, it. Was, you know, it was the target share. Uh, <laughs> Who's going to come across the middle of the field, Cody? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But yeah, oh. like that that's as clear as I can be. Like I'm really high on the Bengals. I think their offense is potentially going to be, you know, very explosive, top five, top five in the NFL. I'm sticking my players at those ADPs based on that belief. So definitely going to be riding with Higgins over those other guys, like Mike Williams. But I agree with you, Cody. There's going to be some of the some of those weeks where you know he just kind of gets put aside. You see the big Eckler week, the big Allen week, whatever it is. Um, but obviously he's going to boom um, given his opportunities. All right, Alec Pierce or Paris Campbell as a deep shot. Receiver target, which way are you guys going here? The new bright shiny toy or just the go get them for the Gipper Paris Campbell narrative? Oh, it's the shiny toy for me, man. I've been drafting Alec Pierce uh, since the beginning of summertime. Uh, luckily, I have a ton of exposure to him when he is way, way, way down the board. I mean, he has since rose up um, you know, from the grave. So mm-hmm. I, I loved him then. Um, I still like him more than Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell has had his chance the last two years now and he just hasn't done it so for me it's pierce you know a lot longer yeah i know yeah for real yeah i mean it's just pierce you know and he showed us in practice and in the preseason that he can make some some plays i think he's a guy that is underrated with his blocking on the outside as well which i think the coaches are going to like so i like pierce over the campbell and i i honestly i don't see any scenario where i would rather have campbell um even in you know ppr or standard to me it's it's mm-hmm. pierce behind Pittman and and there's nothing else about it. I really have nothing to add to that. You nailed it, Andrew. I mean, we've seen what you're going to get um, from. Uh, oh gosh, that was name slipping my mind. Campbell. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's uh, it's just you know, it's not going to be much. At least with Pierce, there's some potential upside. You you could possibly get something big. I like him as a late best ball stack, like you were talking about. Um, but. Yeah, for redraft, if I, if you're forcing me to take one and, and I have to take a shot on one, it's going to be mm-hmm. Pierce because there's at least some potential. Maybe he's a diamond mm-hmm. in the rough or something. And, and with Campbell, we already pretty much know what we're getting, which you don't really need. Yeah, just just don't, don't overpay for Pierce. That's the only thing I can really add to what you guys uh, mentioned. I agree with both of you. Uh, Campbell, he's had his time. Not someone that you need to prioritize. Uh, rooting for him. Hope, hopefully, he's some waiver wire fodder early in the season. If we see some uh, see some reliable action out of him, but even then, I feel like you, know, you see him make a couple of big plays in week one. And you're like, oh, you know, I don't really need anybody, but Paris Campbell's available for free. Nah, don't do that. Like, just, just chill. <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna be sus- sustainable. That's that's for sure. Um, I like Alec Pierce. I like the 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 concepts that he has. Athletic blocking, like you had mentioned, Andrew. A lot of upside there. It sounds like he's gonna be the number two guy. Just don't reach for him. That's all. Just try to get him to land in your lap. Don't don't uh, overreact to uh, him starting. Yep, yep. <clears throat> all right, we're looking at the Jags now. Moving down to Jacksonville. We're looking at Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields or Mac Jones for this season alone, only in redraft. And Cody can't pick Mac Jones. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't pick Mac Jones anyways. Justin Fields, for me, of the three, I like we were talking about before, I, I, I'm kind of high on Justin Fields. Not not QB one maybe, but, but I think he can have a solid season. I think he's a good quarterback. And I think that his situation and the coaching and stuff just wasn't good for him. I think it's going to be better. Now there's a question on his weapons. I mean, with Mooney kind of really being the only receiver, but I like commit. I like what the running backs could do. Um, but Trevor Lawrence, I'm actually really high on, I feel like, I mean, man, he's supposed to be the next, you know, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, 
yeah, we didn't see it from him last season, but Peyton Manning has the inter- interception record in his rookie season, right? I'm not saying he's going to come out and be Peyton Manning, but you also got to right. factor in Urban Meyer was his coach. Like, <laughs> can it get any – I mean, I probably could have done a better job. So um, so I, I think he didn't get a fair shot. I think this Jacksonville team is actually going to be sneakily good. Uh, they're only a couple years removed from being like 10 minutes from getting to the Super Bowl before the Patriots came back and beat them and got to the Super Bowl. But they're not that far away from that. Now the team's a lot different now, but they've got some parts and pieces. I think Peterson's a great coach. I think that was a huge get for them. I think he's going to be able to bring Lawrence along. Um, We talked about Mac Jones in the last episode, and I like Mac Jones as a Patriots fan. I feel like, you know, I'm glad he's being our team, and I feel like he's going to be a solid quarterback. But fantasy-wise, I'm not super huge on him. So for me, it would be Fields then Lawrence, and then Jones. For me, it is Lawrence first. And if you asked me this question maybe two months ago, it was Fields. Since then, I've changed it. Uh, the more I thought about it, the the division that the Jags play in is much weaker than the division that the Bears play in. And I do think that Lawrence's ceiling is higher. I think their floors are pretty similar. I also like the coaching aspect a little bit more for Lawrence as far as as the guys there that are going to be talking to him, you know, through each week in the quarterback room. So I, I do think it's Lawrence for me. And, and again, their their weapons are pretty similar. Um, I like Mooney more than I like Christian Kirk. I like Komet, though, more than I like um, Evan Ingram. But, you know, I, I like ETN more than I like Montgomery or Herbert. And, and I like the Jags offensive line more than the Bears offensive line. So it's it's pretty close. I'm not going to nitpick anybody if they like Fields over over Lawrence. Because, again, I, I did a couple months back. But, you know, going right now, I'd rather take the shot on Lawrence. I just feel that he can prevail himself to a closer, uh, you know, quarterback one finish than than uh, Fields can right now. But it's it's pretty close. And as far as Mac Jones is concerned, I'm, I'm completely out of Mac Jones. I know we talked about that, but I'm, I, I don't mm-hmm. want him whatsoever. I, I would much rather have these other two over him. Yeah, I have Mac Jones on the outside looking in here. It's pretty much a coin flip for me between Lawrence and Fields. I have them at a very similar ADP and kind of just like when the quarterbacks fall off the shelf in your draft, when, you know, the the 35 or less touch passing touchdown upside kind of starts to diminish, you know, around whether it's like Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers, whatever, you know, 15 to 16, something like that. Um, I probably lean towards Fields just because of the, the, the safe rushing floor. But again, I feel like we're overpaying uh, for a lot of rushing quarterbacks right now, and I feel like that's going to be a narrative that kind of continues um, into this, you know, Labor Day weekend as people are doing all their drafts. I feel like that's going to be very relevant. Um, yeah, it's it's really a coin flip between the two. I, I'm not really completely settled. Uh, I guess it kind of depends on situation. You know, where I'm at with the rest of my potential stat exposure. Do I need maybe some help with rushing? Do I feel like I need a quarterback with maybe more passing touchdown upside? I mean, Lawrence only threw for like 12 passing touchdowns last year. It wasn't anything spectacular, but at least he was at least able to move the needle. He passed for over, you know, 3,500 passing yards. You know, I mentioned Joe Burrow earlier about his rookie season. He, he did not have a Peyton Manning level rookie season. He did have like an Andrew Luck level type of season. So I feel like he's closer to those type of comps than Trevor Lawrence is still. But I agree with everything you guys said. Like, I feel like the situation is much better for Lawrence this year. And I have to appreciate appreciate that as a Bears fan because – the whole perspective is, is we didn't do anything for fields. Right. But I feel like getting Matt Nagy out of the building, getting <laughs> that dude out of the room, that weighs more than Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, James Robinson being healthy, Everett Ingram, whatever. That's going to be a big deal. 
and people don't realize how much that you know weighed on the offense last year just to complete you know miscommunications the breakdowns on the sidelines the coach not texting the wide receiver one the entire offseason whatever so yeah I, I feel like they both have good opportunities to be kind of like spark plugs in, in your lineup this year uh where you're just like man like why why was he on my bench this week you know one, one of those situations where you're just like man Justin Fields snuck up and dropped 25 or, you know, Trevor Lawrence wound up throwing three touchdowns this week. May not happen, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I like what the Jags are doing down there. Coin flip between Lawrence and Fields. You can go either direction. Uh, again, guys that I don't want to overpay for, though, and guys I don't want as my second uh, quarterback. Um, are, are you guys still high on ETN after the return of James Robinson? Are you going to see more of a split down the end of the year? Or are you confident that ETN is going to maintain a safe floor throughout the entire season? It's ETN for me. Uh, again, shower narrative with Lawrence. You know, they've already played together in college. I really think that he missed him last year, you know, when ETN went down. So I do think ETN, um, you know, will get a lot of targets for, from Lawrence as well. So I, I, you know, for me, I'm not really too concerned about the James Robinson thing. I like James Robinson, you know, great story, fantastic running back. But, you know, he, he did get hurt. And obviously they brought ETN in for a reason. He's going to be the passing down guy. I don't mm -hmm. think the Jags are going to be leading a bunch of games that they can just lean on James Robinson up the middle. So, you know, for me, I'm, I'm still high on him. Uh, I, I think I did move him back a few spots with the more positive news, but it wasn't enough for me to really, you know, fade him essentially. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with him where he's going yet. This is a tough one because it seems like a lot of things as you're hearing out of Jacksonville is Robinson's kind of the number one guy, but ETN, you know, people have thought all along is going to be the guy. He's got that relationship with Lawrence. This coaching staff doesn't really have a, uh, you know, it's a new coaching staff, so they're not really in on either one guy or have a certain connection to them. So it's going to be interesting. It scares me. Uh, I think ETN's going a lot higher. So I have gotten some Robinson a little later because if he ends up being the number one guy, then that's great. I'm going to have him, but I'm not necessarily trying to reach for either of these guys because this is another one of those backfields where what are we really going to get? It, it, you know, there's, not the receiving options aren't super great. So do they split ETN out a lot and throw to him, run more with mm -hmm. Robinson? Is it kind of a 50-50 Javante Melvin Gordon split from last year? There's still so many questions that it's tough. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not uh I'm not in it either of them at their ADP. <laughs> I guess more so Robinson, as long as you get him for free. But the more positive news for him is pulling him up the board. You know, I don't want that. Um, if anything, I would like to get ETN at a little bit of a, bit, a better discount. Um, you know, I don't want to pay up, you know, third or fourth round for him right now with with this kind of talk. And where I do believe that it's going to be the ETN show to start, you know, I, I kind of preface the question with is ETN going to have a safe floor throughout the entire season? And that's the question that I just kind of like you know, have stuck in the back of my head, like. You know, when I get to week 10 through 14, is he still going to be there for me? Or do we have, you know, a 60-40 split going either way? And I don't think that type of split's going to benefit one guy over the other tremendously. So I feel like, you know, ETN's more of a risk at his early ADP. But hopefully in your drafts, you can kind of see him maybe falling to maybe the middle or end of the fourth or dare I even say the fifth, like in a single quarterback league. That's an absolute smash if you get him at that spot. But, you know, prioritizing him, I've seen him go as high as the late second. It's way, it's way too expensive for ETN right now. Way too expensive, especially with a guy that could have that potential type of split just down the stretch of the season. Early on, I don't think they're going to rush James Robinson back for a huge workload. He may only have 
you know, eight to 10 touches a game at most, you know, you, you very well could see those ETN takes, you know, come back and, and cash in. But uh, to me, it just seems like a very tough situation to gauge through 17 games and at ETN's ADP, I'm, I'm just not interested. All right. We got uh, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, ADP game. Which way are you going? Any love for Christian Kirk? Yeah, for me, it's Kirk. Uh, honestly, I, I like what he did the first preseason game. He played with him. What, he had like eight targets, I think, something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I really think he can be featured. They shipped out Visca, um, and that's my guy. I love Visca, man. Oh, RIP. Um, so, I, yeah, I do think Kirk's the guy. I Lockett, I mean, I don't really trust anybody throwing him the ball there. I know he's a fantastic wide receiver. You know, if Russ was still there, this is a whole totally different conversation. But I got no love for any of the passing uh, for the quarterbacks in Seattle. So Lockett's out for me. Woods is interesting. Um, I like Tannehill. I don't think Burks is going to be fantastic year one. So I like the upside for Woods. There's really not a whole lot of guys there to kind of challenge him for targets too much. But again, that mm -hmm. team likes to run the ball a lot. They want to run Derrick Henry as much as they can, play smash mouth football. So I, I don't really trust that. So organically for me, and again, I, I just think Trevor Lawrence has a, a decent shot at finishing as a quarterback one. So if he does that, that means Kirk's probably, you know, uh, finishing pretty high as well. So for me, it's it's Kirk, and it's really not not that close, to be honest. Yeah, this is this is tough. <laughs> This is a tough spot. I, I kind of lean Woods because we've seen such solid production from him, <clears throat> even with, you know, guys like Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, mm -hmm. I would say is not much worse. Now they are going to run the ball a lot, yes, but we haven't heard a lot of stuff about Burks, so or not a lot of positive stuff about him. Um, so I don't know. It's tough. Lockett has been solid, but he's always had Russell Wilson. Uh Geno Smith, I think, though, is not as bad as Drew Locke. So with them starting him, that makes me feel a little bit better. He's They're mm -hmm. dropping him and DK Metcalf, both dropping quite a bit because of that. So I think if, if I'm on the clock and it's between these three, I'm probably going to go with Locke at first and then, uh, and then go with Woods second and then Kirk third. I, I know Kirk got a big payday and I like Lawrence, but mm -hmm. Kirk hasn't done enough to really sell me. Yeah, I still I, I still feel like I have to lean uh, Kirk here, though, just because I feel like he is going to have the majority of that offense in Jacksonville. And that team's just going to be bad. I mean, they're definitely a top three candidate. So is so is uh, Seattle. They're, they're definitely kind of in that same uh, criteria as well. But I'm just much lower on the quarterback, right? Lower on Geno Smith than I am on Trevor Lawrence. I do think that Lockett's going to be the best receiver there because he's going to be a more friendly a dot type of target for a less than desirable quarterback in Geno, right? So I would go Kirk, Lockett, and then Woods. I like Woods. Love me some Bobby Trees, but playing in a run-heavy offense with what I feel is like a rising opportunity for Burks. I'm not sure if you guys got the sleeper notification today, but they say they're looking to get him involved in all sorts of ways now. Mm -hmm. News. It's out there. Mm, look it up. I don't know. So I've news, been higher. Right? Yeah. Well, I've been kind of like fading this, this, or been like snoozing the news on, on Burks, right? Cause everyone's like, oh, he's got asthma. He doesn't like the heat. Like, well, yeah, man. It's like May in Nashville. You go out there and catch some passes, you know, with some bad asthma, man. You figure it out. The kid just got drafted, <laughs> you know? 
And then every time I see him in training camp, he's making a play. Every time I see him in preseason, he's making a play. So not someone that I'm hating on. I just feel like he's going to have a bigger role than people are expecting. So, yeah, I have Woods on the outside here. I like Lockett in the middle. I still feel like he could have like an 800, 900 receiving yard season, potentially even 80-plus catches. So I think Woods is more closer to like that, you know, 60 to 70. Maybe he can grab five touchdowns. And the yardage, I feel like, is very unpredictable. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what to expect there out of him. All right, let's move down to the Texans. One out of 10, what is your trust level for Davis Mills as a starter on your fantasy team? You're starting week one. He's either your first or your second quarterback. What is your trust level? One through 10. Uh, about as much as I can trust our government, uh, which is not very much. Um, I, I don't, uh, <laughs> I do not. I, it's not, it's I not like, a political show, Andrew. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I think we can all like, agree on that no matter which. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Mills, right? But it, it scares me that he would be the guy I have to start, right? Like I, I think Mills has a better season than he did last year. I like his upside. I, I like Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks, like Brevin Jordan's a guy I'm, I'm pretty high on as a tight end. Like I like the team, but they're still the Texans. It's a new <laughs> coaching staff. Lovey Smith looks like he's, you know, one more white beard hair away from being Santa. So it's just, I don't know. There's still, there's a whole lot of things going on the, with the Texans that I, I just don't know what to truly trust there. So it would not make me feel good. If you have to, okay. Am I okay with you taking him as your quarterback too? Whether it's starting, you know, one quarterback league or super flex. Yeah, that's fine. But I don't want him as my quarterback one starting week one. I, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't make me feel good inside. So out of one yeah. to 10, how much do you trust our government? Ooh, man. Can, I was in the military. I, I gotta, well, I got to get the answer. You said they're the same. So, I mean, yeah. you didn't give me a number. I mean, all right. I, I, it's probably like one and a half. One and a half. Uh, Davis and Mills, a half. the disrespect. That's mean, Andrew. One and a half. Davis Sorry, Mills. How much, do you, how much do you trust Geno Smith? Oh, zero. Oh, my God, zero. Zero. Okay. Drew Locke, is that a negative number? Like, my God. Negative. Drew, yeah. <laughs> Drew, Drew Locke is like I live in Russia now. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Can you see Russia uh, from well, Seattle? Yeah, somebody... <laughs> yeah, you might be able to. Actually, I think, yeah. I think... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was in the military. Go Navy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't trust the government either, so it's okay. <laughs> Uh, I do, I do trust David, Davis Mills itself. more than I trust the government. <laughs> I do trust Davis Mills more, but uh, yeah, not enough to be to be super confident in him. I don't want him as as my number one or number two quarterback. Really, uh, I mean, Cody had put in the chat earlier. He, you know, he had him as his quarterback behind Brady and Hurts. Something like that's okay. You can start mm -hmm. him on their bye weeks, stuff like that. Sure, uh, but you don't have to rely on him. I don't. I don't want. Davis Mills to determine how my fantasy season is going to go. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to give him a five. I mean, what's so wrong with a five? It's not high. It's not low. It's not certainly doesn't indicate a high level of trust, right? Give him a five. He's Davis Mills. He's an off season darling. Everybody wants him. Everybody. Oh, give me some Davis Mills. The Texans are going to be great. I love this. Nico Collins. I love Brandon Cooks. Damian Pierce. Greatest thing ever. Texans are going to be great. Give me, give me, give me, give me some Davis Texans Mills. Be good. Money line week one. I was talking. Uh, we'll we'll get into this now between um, Damian Pierce, Cordell Patterson, or Michael Carter. 
I don't know. I made the sheet earlier in the week. I feel like it's not even fair now at this point. No, you guys going Damian Pierce here? Pierce. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Andrew? Not even, not Easy. Even close. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of a more difficult one then, because like like I said, like I th- I'm pretty sure I made this sheet before even Marlon Mack was cut, because you know we made this a two part episode. Let me see yeah, if I can I, make it a little bit more interesting. I was thinking like like what about Pierce, Gibson, or Montgomery? Pierce, Pierce Gibson, or Mo- I'm I'm way high on Monty, so oh, Monty's well, of a course. Cool. Okay, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> hey, I don't have Justin Fields at quarterback five or seven. Okay, okay? Yeah, like there's realities true. that I play, sure, but you know, in the same universe. Yeah, um, yeah, I would still go Monty there. I was I I like I like the idea of Pierce over Gibson, but okay, I feel like if you're playing up. the ADP game, you're probably pulling up Pierce maybe a little too high. I don't know. So let me see if I he's going to be here. like, like where Pierce falls in your drafts, like this weekend or this early week before the kickoff, like it's going to be a polarizing. You're going to see him go all sorts of places. I think our managing editor, Adam, he, he mentioned like he went in like the first round in one of his leagues. Like, what's, oh my, oh my God, that's bad shit. That's crazy. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, what? Hello? It's like, you have a pulse, you know, so, but yeah, I've heard some like rookie drafts. Even he's going one one and it's like, Ooh, I don't know about that. There's the draft capital's uh, not there. <laughs> You shouldn't I, have I your rookie drafts that, now, but yeah, I, I get well, it. I guess I agreed, mean super yeah. conservative to have it now, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, that that is that is a bit rich. That is a bit rich. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I would take him maybe over, maybe over a Josh so, Jacobs. So he I would went take sixty. A, yeah, he went sixty one of the best ball draft too. I did today. I, I, I'm going to read a few of the guys, a few of the running backs to go around him. Okay, you, you tell me where yeah, you yeah. feel feel good about Pierce here. So Pierce went sixty one overall. So that's the sixth round. He went right before Cam Akers, uh, before Dobbins, before Montgomery, and before Stevenson. He went after Brees Hall, AJ Dillon, and Elijah Mitchell. So, so how do you feel about that? That's that all over the place. Yeah, that yeah, I know. It's all over the place. Like, yeah, that is, uh, that is wow. That is some wild stuff. I gotta get on. I gotta get back on yeah. there, man. I can't just give up now. <laughs> Shit's popping off. Let's make all all of the news is creating just like polarizing picks. I love it. Ah. I have I have no idea honestly. Like I would take him probably over Brees Hall right now. It, it, it yeah. sounds like that makes sense for redraft at least. Yep. Yeah, for redraft, mm-hmm. I think you take him over Brees Hall for sure. Do, yeah. do you guys know the last time that uh, Lovey Smith had a rookie running back? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matt Forte. Matt Forte. You know how many touches Matt Forte had that year? Nearly a oh billion. Oh my god. Yeah, it was like four hundred, right? Like close to four hundred. It was. It's it just under four hundred. Matt yeah. Forte that season led the, his team, the Bears, in receptions with like sixty three, and he had like three hundred twenty carries. It was ridiculous. It's bonkers. Uh, yeah, I wrote an article. And as much happened. as I love like Rex Burkhead, shout out Nebraska again. But I mean, who else is taking carries from him? Like they, Marlon Mack's on the practice squad. They, uh, you got Burkhead there, and he, you know, he might have a few games here and there, but Pierce is going to be. Think who the they guys. just brought up from the practice squad? They just brought somebody up from the practice squad. Uh, whoever yeah, it is, he's a, but I don't even he's think a, he was. Yeah, he's just a guy. Whoever it is, it, it, yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I, I really we know his matter. name. We know his name. Why don't I know it? Why isn't it coming to me? From the practice squad, the Texan, or yeah, it's going to drive me nuts. Hmm. Hey man, this is a Lovey Smith team. You don't know what you expect. Uh. You don't know what. To... <laughs> Uh, Royce Freeman. No, Royce I'm, I'm Freeman. big on Pierce. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who? Didn't they get rid of him? <laughs> I, I thought it's a, a back. Yeah, and then they Google put him on the practice squad. <laughs> yeah, he's back from the practice squad. But hey, oh, Dario Gunbawale, great name. Wish he was a better player. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
Pierce is Pierce is the guy there, and he's going to yeah. get plenty of work. Yeah, I like Pierce. Oh, yeah. uh, again, I wrote an article back in early June for Pierce. I remember his mm-hmm. ADP was 131 on underdog. I mean, that has just skyrocketed. I am very thankful I took – all the Damian Pierce I could back in the day when he was way down in the one thirties plus. I mean, now it's mm. I'm 61 today. Like, come on. That's a little, oh, yeah. I got him. I got him in round 13 of the Scott fishbowl. I mean, obviously that's a little bit earlier, but in round 13, Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Ridiculous. See, I right. should be Are checking out our articles back yeah, in June, amazing. by the way. Just in yeah, just on drop that real quick. Yeah, re- re- drop it on Reddit. <laughs> see how it does. <laughs> they'll let, they'll let you know if it's good. Yeah. <laughs> if they say it's good, it's good. <laughs> All right. Are we buying any Texans receivers other than Brandon Cooks? This is a Nico Collins question. Yes. Nico Collins. Yes. Nico Collins. Yes. Give me Nico, Nico Collins. Collins. All what about the everyone Collins. that's running yep. to Tyler Johnson today? Everybody's running to Tyler Johnson today yep. on uh, Sleeper. Cool. Is he still playing with Tom Brady? Why are you, uh, why are you wasting your time? Yeah. yeah. No. no, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not high on him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he should have been prioritized more in Tampa, but I'm not I'm not going to chase him to the depth of the, the Houston group. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I like yeah. Nico Collins. I think he's been kind of a sneaky guy this offseason. A lot of the Sharps have been on him. ADP is definitely starting to climb. Uh, but, yeah, there's really no other options. Chris Moore, Tyler yeah. Johnson, Phil Dorsett. So the Texans are kind of like the they, Ravens they for me, come. where I think their next best option after those guys is actually the tight end. I like Brevin Jordan a whole lot. Um, <laughs> it, I, honestly, I could see, because I think they just went out and – did they get O.J. Howard? Is, is they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they were bidding, so, but he was had the, the the Bengals and Houston bidding against him or each other, whatever. Yeah, I think that they can move Brevin Jordan into the slot. You know, they they already talked about that, so so I think, uh, man, you're, <laughs> I just registered that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> oh, that was so you're funny. making it too easy. Such a delayed reaction. I know, so, such a delayed reaction. Uh, uh, yeah, so I love Brevin Jordan. I think he can play uh, play the slot, and if they really did bring OJ Howard there to play tight end for them, then that's a guy that I that I like drafting. Um, you know, Brevin Jordan, you can get way late in the draft. Whether he plays tight end or plays wide receiver for them, I think he can be productive. He showed last year, coming on towards the end of the year, that he could be trusted. So I, I think that in the offseason here, he probably, he probably built a uh, decent connection with Mills. And, uh, you know, that would be the guy outside of Cooks and Collins that I'd want to draft. Fair enough. Anything to add there, Cody, before we move on? I like O.J. Howard better than Jordan. I, Jordan, he's all right. Maybe they do move him into the slot and use him better there. But if I had to pick a, t- a Texans tight end, I, I think O.J. Howard has more potential upside. I mean, I, I get that he's kind of bouncing around now, but but I, I mean, he obviously, I think he was drafted in the first round of the draft. So there was some potential there. Obviously, you're not going to take him very high. You just grab him at the end of a draft as a flyer. But uh, I, I like his potential a little more. Yeah, I think in the majority of leagues, those guys are going to be waiver wire fodder. I feel, feel like those could be a couple early week pickups. You want to get in on that before the uh, the year starts, by all means, draft them ahead of that. But I feel like they're going to be pretty available. So yeah, if you if that's the direction you want to go with your last pick, I don't, I don't hate it. But that's, that's about as, as uh, high as I'll go. All right, let's close it, close it down here. We got the Tennessee Titans. Another uh, trust question, one through 10. How well do we trust Ryan Tannehill, one through 10? Man, I, I, six maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like Tannehill, but again, you know, I, he's not flashy. 
He lost A.J. Brown. I'm not sure what's going to happen with all the wide receiver core here. It seems like a carousel kind of like they just might just pick one for the week and ride him. It, I don't know. It, it's it's weird. I actually like Malik Willis better. So I think this is kind of, you know, going back to our talk of the Steelers, I think that this is very similar where Tannehill, if they're starting off, you know, if they're six and two, six and three, I think he's fine. If they're losing a lot mm-hmm. of games to open the year, I think that they are going to see what they have in Willis. And, you know, so I, I don't trust Tannehill for fantasy purposes. I really only want to draft him in best ball, you know, if I can get those late mm-hmm. stacks. But redraft, I tell you, I'd rather draft Davis Mills in, in redraft than, than Tannehill, even though I can't trust Tannehill more with his with his job, <laughs> with the job. I think I, I trust Tannehill more. But honestly, like I was I, just about to say Tannehill Where's, that, where's the meme with all the numbers? And then you just like around? you went <laughs> – yeah, he's trying I, to figure out the, the turntables move. I trust him as a QB more, but I think I'd rather just take Mills, even though I don't fully trust him with the upside of I know that they're not just going to run the ball 800 times. You know, they, they do have Damian Pierce, but sure. they're going to be behind in games probably more than than Tennessee will. So I'm, I'm kind of lost. Hey, on I the want Malik Willis to start, so. too, man. I want that I don't to know what number to give at this point. The scales, the scales <laughs> kind of off, but uh... the scale is a figment of our imagination, Cody. All right. I do actually, as weird as it sounds, I agree with him. Oh, Davis Mills is going to be the starter for the Texans. I don't know that Rick Tannehill is going to stay the starter. Malik Willis, I mean, there was talk up until draft day. He was going to be the number one pick potentially. and They got him later. Right. So, yeah, the pressure's not there to start him right away. But Mike Vrabel comes from the Patriots from that mindset. You just saw him trade away an amazing young wide receiver because he didn't want to pay him. He is going to play whoever is the best person. And, and if Tannehill is not performing up to par and he thinks he can win more games with um, uh, Malik Willis, then I think he'll put him in. So I don't trust that Tannehill is going to be the starter. And for that reason alone, I'm pretty much out on Tannehill. He, if he stays the starter all year, he can be a solid quarterback for you. Nothing flash. You're great, but just, you know, level performance every week. But, I don't know that he's going to stay the starter, so I'm going to try to avoid him. Sounds like a hard four is what you're is what you're laying here. <laughs> yeah, we'll hard go three four. and a half, four somewhere in there. Three, three and a half, four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm closer to Andrew. I'm closer to the six. If Andrew is at six or <laughs> one and a half, whatever. Where is uh, the other comparison to CJ Ozuma? Is that? <laughs> oh, <God>. Jesus. <laughs> Guys, they're gonna, they're gonna take away my streaming rights. We gotta get we gotta get after it. All right, I'm on the Malik Willis narrative. I'm on that hype train. I want to see him in games. I'm looking at the the start of the season here. I'm looking at the Giants, the Bills, the Raiders, the Colts, and the Commanders for their first five. Feels like a three and two, two and threes type of situation. From there, they go the Colts, the Texans, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. That's what that's eight weeks that would be eight weeks so i don't know i feel like that that run into the midway of the season could pull Tannehill if they don't have the success um i just feel like honestly malik willis just makes the offense better i mean i know that he's raw but if you take into consideration the running focus that you have with derrick henry combined with what malik willis can provide to you i feel like it's going to be an electric combination for as long as derrick henry can keep you know hold on to the reins you know he can stay healthy right so I'm looking forward to that. That's what I want to see with the Titans. I like Ryan Tannehill, like, you know, like kind of like you said, Andrew, in theory, like you, you, you'd you feel more confident taking him because 
you've seen more, right? Like you've seen him play for a, a period of time. We've seen the return. We've seen the 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 more recent success, more recent history of him. And we've also seen the bad days as well, but definitely feels like we're closer to the better days for sure. Uh, let's move on here, though. we got a couple more points that we're going to head out as long as we can keep our heads on here. Uh, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, or Joe Mixon? Who are you taking at ADP? I know we've brought in Mixon a few times here. Derek Henry talk- for me. Are yeah, we, it's, talking- it's Derek Henry PPR hands down or- for me. I mean, oh, again, does it – who doesn't play PPR? Come on. <laughs> but so you're, uh, taking, you're saying no, you're taking for me, Derek yeah, Henry it's, even, it's Derek Henry. even in PPR formats? Yeah, I don't I don't care what the format is. Look how look how productive he was last year. Like we thought Jonathan Taylor was great. Look at what mm-hmm. Henry did before he went out. I mean, it was just absolutely amazing. Now he did end up getting hurt, but for the most part, and, and really, I mean, he came back at the end of the season and played into the playoffs there mm-hmm. for him. Right. So we've seen him kind of already come back and get his legs back under him. He's had the whole entire offseason to recover even more. Um, they're going to run him. They're going to work him. Their backups, they don't have anybody really of note. They have some decent guys that filled in last year and could pick up a little slack. But Henry's going to be the guy. They want to run the ball. Vrabel's that old school, established the run type coach, and they're going to pound him. And, I mean, yeah, you could bring in the PPR point, but he's never caught passes before, and he's still been good in PPR because of what he does on the ground. So I'm I'm taking Henry. I'm high on Kamara as well. And I would actually take him over Mixon, um, especially now that he's not being suspended. And in your home mm-hmm. leagues, some people may not even realize that if they're not if they've not been paying attention. Um, right. And he's he's still dropped farther than he should be for not being suspended. So I like him where you can get him. But but if we're coming up to the the fourth fifth pick and Henry's there, I'm taking him. I agree. What it, are we it thinking, is, Andrew? Yeah, I agree. It is Henry. Uh, it's actually pretty close for me though between all of these guys. The thing that concerns me with Henry, though, is I think that the Titans are not going to be very good. So I worry how much game script they're going to be able to just run him. Now, I I feel like they Mm -hmm. just run him a lot, no matter what, whether they're losing or not, you know, because it is Derrick Henry. It's this huge dude that is just plowing people over. I mean, what he did to Josh Norman was, I mean, Josh Norman had a family. All right. And and he just (laughs) destroyed him. So dead body. uh, yeah, Yeah. I mean. Derrick Henry's awesome. Like, I, I can't say enough good things about him. You know, unfortunately, he doesn't catch a whole lot of passes. <laughs> if, imagine Derrick Henry catching three or four passes a game, too. Like, it, he would just be out of control, awesome in fantasy. So, you know, it, it is Henry for me. It's it's pretty close in PPR. Obviously, standard's way different. You know, it, I Henry is light years ahead of them in standard. But uh, in PPR, it is it is closer. Uh, but for me, it is it is Henry with, a, you know, a quiver of, of worry about the offense. Right. So I'm really splitting hairs here. I have Kamara at six. I have Henry at seven, and that's in PPR formats, obviously moving Henry up uh, up ahead of him in standard. And I still feel like seven is a, a little bit higher than the public as far as PPR goes, just because they're so consumed that he doesn't catch passes that he won't be valuable. It's on pace for 2000 rushing yards last season, just just rushing yards, not even all purpose. Right. So he was on a great run last year. Obviously, injuries happen. You know, are you going to stay away from every single person because they've been hurt before? No. Are you going to stay away from every running back that doesn't catch passes in PPR? Absolutely not. If you take a Derrick Henry up early on, just try to make up for it with pass-catching running backs after him. There's going to be plenty in the same space that he's being drafted in the same places that you would have drafted Derrick Henry You know, at his public ADP or even beyond that. There's going to be those options. So you know, just because you put yourself in that situation doesn't mean you're like, oh, well, 
now I have to take, you know, Elijah Mitchell or I have to take, you know, another running back that doesn't catch a lot of passes like, you know, Miles Sanders, somebody like that, whatever. No, you can just, you know, make up for that. You know, go after some guys that are going to be more friendly um, pass, pass catching targets later on. All right. Looking at uh, ADP battle between Robert Woods and Burks. It sounds like you guys are going to be leaning towards Woods here. Yep. Yeah, I, I lean a little bit towards Woods. Um, and again, I do think we are overreacting a little bit to to all the Burke stuff that's been happening in the offseason mm-hmm. here, right? I, I think that they want to use him, right? I think that they're going to try to force to use Burks in scenarios. But I think ultimately Robert Woods is probably going to be the most reliable um, quarterback-friendly wide receiver, meaning that he's going to know where to be for Tannehill. Burks is is raw yet, right? He's may not be able to know where to sit down and you know in the route as opposed to Woods has mm-hmm. played with a bunch of good quarterbacks. He kind of knows what quarterbacks are looking for, so I think he's a little bit more friendly as far as Tannehill's concerned. So I, I do lean Woods, uh, but it's it, it's probably closer than people you know than people would imagine as far as like the split and, and how many targets they'll get. Again, I, I think they're going to force. Burks in the scenario to show that the AJ Brown trade that they made is not as abysmal as everyone thinks it is, even though We're it really smart. is. <laughs> yeah. We're smart. <laughs> so it, it's Woods, but it's 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 not a huge gap for me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I, I, I see them you. drafted a lot in the same round. Go ahead, Cody. Sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, I mean, yeah, it, Burks was drafted to be AJ Brown's replacement. So I think there is going to be some trying to force it there. But Woods is a veteran receiver. He's been very good. He's been very solid throughout his career. He's been a great fantasy wide receiver for where you can get him in the past. Of course, he was hurt last year, so he's kind of off people's radar. So I think he's fallen farther than he probably should. But I still think Woods is going to be the number one guy. Tannehill, as a veteran also, is going to know that he can trust him. And if we see Willis get in there, Willis is going to look to the older guy that knows what he's doing, that he can have that Mm -hmm. connection with. So if I'm picking between the two, I'll take Woods, but I have some Burks as well because I, I think there is potential there, and I do think there. It's been overreacted maybe to the asthma news and all that stuff. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have that under control and and be fine as far as that goes. Yep. I have shares of both guys in Dynasty. Um, I I took Burks and you know rookie draft this this off season. Um, you know Woods is coming over from previous year's draft, so. I have shares of both. I'm not in love with one more so than the other in redraft per se. Give me the value. Give me the one that falls just because they're so similar. Like I'd mentioned, I've seen them go in the same round within picks of each other, within four or five picks of each other. I've seen them be drafted. So just give me the value. If I see one go and I need a receiver, I'll probably be you know following up a round later to try and grab them or two rounds later, something like that. Guys that you don't have to rush to and redraft, um, definitely going to be some later round targets. Speaking of later later round targets, to close it out, guys, is the Super Saiyan sleeper Kyle Phillips going to bring home the gold this year? Is he going to be of value? Should people draft him? Should they be looking at that 17th and, 17th and 18th round and be like, hey, Kyle Phillips, lock, stock, and barrel? What do we think? In redraft, I don't think so. I do think he's the guy to take latest. Um, you know, I, I do like Kyle Phillips. I, there was good reports coming out from camp. He performed well. He was solid. He was doing everything he needed to. But I, I mean, th- there's so many guys on other teams that are going to be more pass heavy than than the Titans will. I don't think it's mm-hmm. necessary. Best ball is completely different. I've already taken a bunch of shares of Kyle Phillips. Actually, when I take t- Tannehill or if I want a friendship strategy with Burks or Woods or something like that. But outside of that, I, I think for a redraft, he's better off just staying on the waiver wire and, and seeing what happens. There, there's really no reason to, to draft him. There's j- just way more upside in, in other guys. Who? Kyle Phillips? No. 
nothing. Oh, ouch. Ouch. I'm out. I I just, I don't see. I mean, we're already not going to get that much out of that offense. And and you're getting down to the third option like that. Cody's uh, a Nick Westbrook, a kind guy. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. See, he's in the next NWI. Yeah, so <laughs> now I'm I'll pass. I mean, best ball, of course, best ball is always different. You, you got to take take random shots like that, especially in the big tournaments on underdog and stuff, because mm-hmm. that's going to be the types of guys that make the difference and and win it all for you. But uh, it redrafts, no thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about Kyle Phillips, but he won't be getting on any of my uh, redraft teams. I definitely have him parked in the taxi squad in a few spots in dynasty definitely the most applicable place to roster him uh but yeah i mean you're going to need some dominoes to fall whether it's a robert woods injury doesn't sound that crazy right uh a injury to any of those tight ends austin hooper doesn't sound too crazy uh nick westbrook a kind not that amazing in my opinion so i don't know it would be interesting to see uh this lineup next year with uh, malik derrick henry kyle phillips Traylon burks would be i don't know sounds kind of fun Sounds kind of fun. And maybe if they get lucky this offseason, they could sign a great tight end like CJ Uzama, bring him into the mix. <laughs> oh, man, just one more time, huh? <laughs> it's oh, a full circle. I'm going to get a photo. I'm going to get a message from you with a Photoshop of me and Uzama like beside each other, like stepbrothers or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're working on the SGPN headbands. I'm going to get them working on T-shirts, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uzama or bust. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm thinking your head on Uzama. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Kramer. I'm, just, I'm not saying that photo. you don't have a physical presence. <laughs> I'm just saying that CJ Uzama may have a little bit more of like the physical presence. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know you're a red zone target, Andrew. Don't get me wrong, but you know, oh, yeah. CJ Uzama. Yeah, yeah. he's. Yeah. It's CJ. Throw the fade, how, baby. Throw the know? fade. <laughs> I know how to finish. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When it counts, Andrew's there. That's right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a great episode. We've had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of good info. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Gentlemen, let them know where they can find you. At uh, arob23 right there on the screen. Yep. You can follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeb. Check out the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Check out the F1 Gambling Podcast. Yes. Tons of other work on the network. So follow it all. Cody's giving yep. out free money weekly all right i i don't i i don't watch nascar but i do bet and uh cody has cody has made me some money so so thank 30 you. to one winner last week so what more can you want Dang, 30 to one winner there you go go follow cody on twitter follow the uh the sjpn racing content you can find me at t-i-t-t-h-j-b on twitter and you can find our uh, fantasy group at sgpn fantasy also go to the sports gambling podcast.com smash the fantasy tab we've got all sorts of good stuff for you Cheat sheets, projections, IDP, dynasty, auction, best ball, target guides. We have got it all. It's a one-stop shop for all of your drafting needs. And guess what? It ain't shopping. It's free. There's no paywall whatsoever. We're here to support the fans, fantasy DGENs, betting DGENs. We're here for all of it. Uh, Take care. Be well. Be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.